This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That is the packet 8.net toll-free line for you, 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site completely free, so enjoy those on us. That's freetalklive.com. As always, lots of interesting things to talk about. Your calls are the primary purpose of the program, so don't hesitate to call in and take control of the airwaves. Uh, but I, I, it, this is unusual that I'll keep mentioning an article and we just don't get to it. We've just been so bogged down with phone calls, um, loaded up with phone calls, I guess would be a better way to put it because that is what the show is about. But I've had this thing sitting in my show prep for a few days now. And it's just such disturbing news, it's worth holding over. Uh, Board Ops, I hear your uh, microphone open, by the way. Uh, so, the news is from the Christian Science Monitor. And it ties in pretty well with the story that we had last night, which uh, was all about how Americans are more than happy to tax the rich. Uh, mm-hmm. a, a majority, a decent majority of Americans uh, are in favor of confiscatory, heavy taxation placed on rich people. How do you define rich? How do Uh, they define rich? I I don't think that they actually defined rich before they asked asked the questions, but yes, there's there's your answer. Yeah. And so those numbers were pretty disturbing because it really showed the the effectiveness of the government education indoctrination system in getting people in America to believe that Rich people are bad and they're evil and uh, you deserve to have as much money as rich people do, even though you didn't do any of the work that they did. I mean, and so it really was kind of a it was a bit of a downer in that, oh, my gosh, since 1939, the numbers of Americans that support higher and higher taxes on the rich have just been going up and up to the point where I believe the numbers were 64 percent of Americans that make less than twenty thousand dollars a year support very high taxes on on rich people support the concept of redistributing wealth. Um, I, you know, they benefit from it. It's, it's an easy... You can vote to get into somebody else's pocket. And that's fun. I, people just like that. Yes. That's, that's it, democracy for you. It is what democracy is. And, of course, democracy is one of the important building blocks upon which a socialist system is implemented. And so, of course, Americans don't really realize the consequences of what it is that they're asking for here. They know what they want. They want money. They want to have more stuff. They want a nice, flashy car and a big-screen TV. They want all that stuff, and they want it now. Um, And they'd really rather not have to work for it. They want that instant gratification, and they feel like that the government can give it to them. And they're completely wrong, of course. The government can't do that. Mark, you pointed out, uh, rightly so, that the overhead when it comes to government redistributing this wealth is something to the tune of 60 to 75%. And so, really, most of that wealth gets confiscated and redistributed to the government bureaucrats, then more so than anything else. And but, friends. But if you can vote, um, and and I'm not saying that. Let's let's imagine for a second you're not principled and moral individual. But if you can vote the money out of somebody's pocket, and you only get thirty cents on the dollar that you vote out of that person's Still pocket, getting something. What are you losing? Right. So Americans want it. They want it now. They're willing to use government force on their they're neighbors. I mean, rich people are your neighbors. They're business owners, many of them. Uh, they're investors. They're people who, who pour their money into the economy so other people can use it and start their own businesses in hopes of becoming rich. But, of course, most Americans don't have that big picture. They don't understand economics. I'm not, 
I'm not really well versed in economics. I know more now than I did in high school, certainly because I've just kind of gotten inter- interested in it on my own. But most Americans are just completely blissfully unaware of the the economic laws that are out there that can't be defeated. And we went into more detail on this, but I just want to sort of give you some background as to where we were last night and how that ties into this story from the Christian Science Monitor. Maybe the era of big government isn't over after all. As Americans finish their annual tax fling flurry to meet a Tuesday deadline, it's true that tax rates are lower than they were a few years ago. But according to a different yardstick, the federal government's reach is expanding. See, that's the most appropriate yardstick. Because, sure, they can so-called cut taxes, but if they keep on spending at the same levels they've been spending, then government hasn't actually gotten smaller. They've only put off paying the bill for a few years. So don't be fooled. It's just deficit spending. It's just uh, you know sending right. on the, uh, the debt to your grandchildren. Slightly over half of all Americans, 52.6% of them, now receive significant income from government programs, according to an analysis by Gary Schilling, an economist in Springfield, New Jersey. That's up from 49.4% in 2000 and far above the 28.3% of Americans back in 1950. Now, if the trend continues, the percentage could rise within 10 years to pass 55%, where it stood in 1980 on the eve of President Reagan's move to scale back the size of government, which he didn't do such a good job of. Government uh, increased by something like 69% underneath his, uh, or either spending or actual government, one or the other. Yeah, a lot of it was military spending, but... I might add that uh, before Reagan took office, the high tax bracket was 90% in mm. the U.S., and Reagan cut it down to, I believe it was, thir- was it 36 or... It, it's some number like that. Yeah, it was, it was some... less than 40, or 40 or a little less than 40. But um, that doesn't change the fact that he didn't really slow down the spending of government. Right. And, you know, what we sort of get with our option is the Democrats will do a better job of taxing the crap out of us to pay for their all their um, crappy little programs. The Republicans will, um, you know, deficit spend in order to pay for their little crappy little programs. Because they don't have the guts to tax the people. So right. They, so, I mean, it d- doesn't well, they help also the, don't have the guts to cut government. It helps. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's that. It helps the economy to uh, deficit spend like that because, I mean, you know, we're not paying for all the government that uh, they're they're doing up there. But um, at the same time, it would just be better if we could get both. You know, somebody who would tax us less and you only use the money that uh, they tax us with, you know, that for which they tax us, you well, know, that, that yeah. amount. Well, wars and military take up probably uh, the most of this uh, this money. Yeah. And if you think about it, when I was a kid, my mom used to always say, oh, don't elect a Democrat to the White House. They always start wars because she remembered Woodrow Wilson and FDR and Truman with, with the Korean War and Kennedy and Johnson with the Vietnam War. And all of a sudden, in the 80s or so, the Republicans became the warmonger machine. And, Interesting. And if you think about this, the deficit always grows the most during a, a period of war or military buildup because yep. every one of those bombs they, they, they blow up costs millions of dollars. Not only does the deficit grow the most, but government grows faster as well. I mean, as yes. uh, Randolph Bourne said, uh, war is the health of the state. It's, it's true. Yeah. And, and the problem, too, is that as our real economy shrinks and, and erodes, There'll be more and more people on the dole because that's how they keep the, the natives from getting restless. That's they, why I'm glad them- you're you're here on this one because I mean, 52.6 percent now on the dole to some extent. They not they're not all collecting welfare. They're, they'll break down the numbers here in a little bit, but the fact is that the majority of Americans, more than one out of two Americans, are getting some form of income 
from the redistributionist government in this case. Well, think that about can't th- be good. As that number gets bigger and bigger, uh, as the as the country, uh, the the number of people that are sucking at the trough of government becomes larger and larger, what will that do? Uh, what sort of devastation will that uh, have on the economy? Well, it'll implode. Right. And if you think about that, number is probably conservative because there are a lot of useless government jobs that are really welfare too, because they're they're not performing any productive purpose in society. That two-decade shrink the government trend now appears over, if for no other reason than demographics, say the, uh, the Christian Science Monitor. The aging baby boomer generation is poised to receive big payments from Social Security and government health care programs. <laughs> As you pointed out, I think in the past, uh, Wayne, there's something like $50 trillion in unfunded liabilities, meaning that in the future, Social Security and Medicare, Medicaid and those programs are going to have to pay out that much money but there's not enough money coming in to actually cover it. They've right. spent it all. And that number's climbing daily. I heard $60 trillion the other day from somebody. <laughs> well, I would imagine that that number's uh, gigantic and only going to get bigger because the government's certainly not slowing down its spending. Um, you know, that the difference between uh, the national debt and that um, number that you're talking about is the difference in, you know, how much money do I have to pay for my housing payment this month versus how much money do I owe on my house? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, say your housing, your, your, your house payment's uh, $1,500. But your what you owe on your home is a quarter mil. So you know, I mean, that's sort of the difference. How, so, however, though, a mortgage you just you know what the payment's going to be. Right. We have a whole big pile of baby boomers that are going to be retiring in the next ten to twenty years, and all of a sudden there's going to be huge cash flow demands on the government. Right. They're going to feel like they're owed something. That's right. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Of course and they are. They they paid into Social Security. Yeah, but they didn't pay into it. They just gave the government money, and then the government did what they wanted with it. There's no account. More on the way. You can take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You bring up what you want toll free at eight hundred two five nine. 9231, the packet 8.net toll free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are completely free, including the Shrine of Female Listeners, the dozens and dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo to prove that they listen to the show. See what I mean by heading over to shrine.freetalklive.com. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. And the Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival, better known as Porkfest, is June 18th through the 24th. At Porkfest, you'll be able to attend leadership and activist training seminars and socialize with hundreds of fellow activists and lovers of liberty. It's all happening uh, this uh, coming summer. Register today at porkfest.com. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. We're talking about uh, a pretty disturbing story from the Christian Science Monitor reporting on the welfare state. The fact that 52.6% of Americans, that's more than one out of two Americans, are now receiving what they consider significant income from the government. All I can say is ribbit. Mm, what's that mean? Oh, I see. We're talking about the uh, the frog in the boiling pot. Gotcha. <laughs> yes, right. Right. Uh, they, and yes, they don't realize, Americans don't realize the consequences of this. All they know is that, what's this? I can get a check? All right. Give me that check. Sure. Uh, they, don't, they don't understand that the more people go on the dole, the more people getting money from government, the more parasitical government becomes, the more parasitical the society becomes. And it takes away from people producing and, and, and creating products and services. Instead, it takes money from those who are um, creating the products and services and redistributes that money to the parasites, the 52.6%. 
that are arguably aren't providing very much of anything. Now, the breakdown's uh, coming up here shortly. New Deal programs persist, says James Galbraith, an economist at the University of Texas in Austin. They persist because they're largely successful. I guess what he means by successful in, is that they're successful in taking money from some and giving it to others mm-hmm. by force. And they're highly popular. Mr. Schilling's analysis found that one in five Americans hold a government job or a job reliant on federal spending. So that's only 20%? The the other 30% that are getting a a significant amount of their income from the government, where are they getting it from? A similar number receive Social Security or Ah. a government pension. So one in five with a government job or a job reliant on federal spending. Similar number on Social Security. So yes, two out of five, or another one in five, are on Social Security or getting pension. About 19 million Americans are currently getting food stamps. Two million Americans get subsidized housing, and five million get education grants. Mm. For all these mm. categories, Mr. Schilling counted dependents as well as the direct recipients of the government income. Makes sense, since they're dependent on the government money. Many Americans in surveys say they don't like the way their tax money spent, and a majority now says in a reversal from a year ago that their federal income taxes are too high. Isn't it interesting? They want it both ways, don't they? Sure they do. Well, that's what people, that's naturally what people would want. They would want to be given free money, mm-hmm. and they want to not have to work for it. I mean, Pe- who doesn't want that? Yeah, people have also forgotten what it's like to be self-sufficient. And there's a, there's a wonderful feeling when, when you can actually uh, produce and, and not be dependent on government for your living, for anything. And that's how it used to be. And it's a shame. We'll, we'll get back to that because this whole mess is going to collapse sooner or later, and then it'll, it can't it'll be go traumatic. Forever. Yeah, it can't. I mean, it's just it's just economically impossible for this to go on for. I don't know how much longer. I don't know how much longer this can last. How much longer they can draw it out for? Fifty percent of the population cannot cannot get its money from the other fifty percent of the population. Right, and this and there there were a lot of maladjustments in the Soviet Union when that collapsed. People were expecting the government to provide them toilet paper and cheese <laughs> and all these things. And yeah, sure. They couldn't, and and so there was a lot of whining and moaning. Yet at the same time, much of the U.S. population is on the receiving end of that tax revenue stream. Government has always created, jo- created jobs, of course, as it provides everything from national defense to roads and schools. It's another type of spending, however, that's really growing in scale. Government is in the insurance business. Healthcare and Social Security are the big programs poised for growth, thanks to the arc of the baby boom generation, longer lifespans, and rising medical costs. Insurance-style programs also include farm subsidies and efforts to relieve poverty. Of course, they're not actually insurance programs because, by definition, insurance is something that's offered on the you know the marketplace. Well, yeah, it's, it's camouflaged as insurance. Right, you actually have to choose to buy the insurance. And so an insurance company can't uh, you know kick another insurance company out of the marketplace simply because they don't want to be competed with. The right. government, on the other hand, will not will not allow you to compete with them. However, in many states, you're required to have auto insurance by law. That much is true. Some lawmakers hope to offer wage insurance, a temporary benefit to cushion the transition toward new jobs for workers laid off due to global competition. At the state and federal levels, politicians are also considering government's role in extending health care coverage to more of those who are now uninsured. And, uh, you know, they're doing all of this so they can get more votes. Uh, it, you know, it sounds good. Hey, we're going to give you free health insurance, and, and then we're going to give you free health care, and we're going to give you a check. I mean, if these fair tax people get their way... They've got this uh, prebate program that they want to do, which will put every single household in America on the dole. 
That's pretty scary. Well, but yet it's being pushed by so-called small government people. The amazing thing is it's only doubling. All this reflects an ambivalent America. The nation prides itself on the benefits of economic freedom. The big era, the era of big government is over, President Clinton declared as he prepared to put new limits on welfare spending in 1996. Yet as a rich nation, America also sees the opportunity to offset financial risks faced by its citizens. Uh, but that's not how it works. See, now they're going to interview some economists about how, well, it's going to be good because, you know, they're popular programs and... Uh, we want to help people with this uh, security net thing that they've yep. got. And, uh, no, it, Some Keynesian uh, economist out there, you know? Yeah. Of those. Uh, so politicians wanting to, uh, again, f- offset financial risks faced by citizens. No, please, uh, look, I don't want that. I, I, look, I don't want that service. I just want to be able to keep the money that I earn so I can make decisions for myself as to how to offset my risks. So I can go and open a medical savings account and offset that particular risk in life. So I can go and put money into different investments to where if something happens to me or somebody I care about, then uh, my income might not necessarily be as affected as it as it would be otherwise. That's right. You can help poor and needy people right in your community, right in your neighborhood without any middleman. So, again... Let me make the decisions for myself where I put my money, and I'll I'll handle it. I'll, I'll be all right. Trust me. Oh, that's right. You don't trust me. No. You treat me like a little baby. Yeah, well, that's what the government – that's what people really believe, and people will equate the government to your parents. That's it's right. It's amazing. Yeah, the we, government isn't my parents, and I'm 36 years old. I don't need a parent. We're smarter than you, and you have to listen to us. So the story goes on, but I'm going to go to the phones, talk to Michael in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian Wayne and Mark. Good evening, gentlemen. Hey, what's on your mind? Well, you called about one of my favorite topics, the welfare. You talked about one of my favorite topics, the welfare state. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just wanted to mention real quick a uh, very excellent uh, editorial on the issue that I read in Monday's uh, Investor's Business Daily. Uh, real briefly, I uh, can't even possibly read the whole thing, but... Uh, the basic question is, how long before the richest and most productive Americans decide that they will no longer prop up the poorest and least productive? That's an and excellent question. My, my question is... Hang on a second. I'm going to put, uh, put you on hold, bring you back. 800-259-9231. Right, because as the tax burden increases, and again, they're taxing the most productive mm-hmm. of people... How long is it going to be until those people just say, screw it, I'm done, I'm out of here, I'm taking my winnings, I'm going home, I'm retiring early, I'm moving out of the country, I'm taking my business with me. It's Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live, and it's your show. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the packet8.net toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are awaiting you, and they're completely free, including an entire year's worth of archives. Right there on the front page of the website for your downloading convenience. Just go get them for free at freetalklive.com. Now you can save time and money on common legal matters. Created by top attorneys, LegalZoom.com helps you create reliable legal documents, like your will, a living trust, setting up a corporation, or a limited liability company. 
all in minutes. LegalZoom.com. Use code FTL to save 10%. That's LegalZoom.com. 800-259-9231. We're talking about the welfare state and how its reach has really gotten uh, awfully scarily large. Over 50% of Americans, 52.6% to be exact, are now receiving so-called significant income from the government. And it's a pretty disturbing story. Let's go back to Michael uh, from HomelandStupidity.us. He's on the line with us on the amplifier line. Now, Michael, your question, um, and you kind of got drowned out by the music bed there, but your question was, how long is it going to be before heads, captains of industry, business owners, um, the decision makers in America decide to just throw in the towel? Um, they've, they're getting taxed too much. Was that what you were asking? Exactly. Exactly. And I'm also in the uh, Give Me Liberty Bar in Second Life as well. So uh, join us in there. Excellent. But, uh, my question was, and this wasn't so much my question as I read it in uh, Investors Business Daily, um, what's going to happen with these guys is they're going to start moving to lower tax jurisdictions. And uh, it's already one happening. Of the things I've been seeing, <laughs> oh, yeah. One of the things I've been seeing, like like in Europe, the I just keep seeing headline after headline, we're cutting the corporate tax rate, we're cutting the corporate tax rate, and they're even cutting personal income tax. So it, it seems like the U.S. is going in the opposite direction. And, and not only that, but for example, the Sarbanes-Oxley uh, law from a few years ago uh, slaps all this additional regulatory baloney on companies uh, for reporting and because of all the Wall Street corruption and all, from mm-hmm. a few years ago. And so now a lot of companies are just incorporating over uh, in, in another country, in Europe or elsewhere, because they don't want to, to do it in this country. Requirements. Yes, exactly. So you're saying that a bunch yeah. of people are going to move to one place, which, of course, the perfect place would be the Free State Project, would be, would be uh, New Hampshire, wouldn't you say? Uh, I would personally say a lot of the people that I've actually heard about moving are going to places like Switzerland, but uh, I moved to New Hampshire. So. <laughs> Well, I think that's just simply because people aren't aware yet of the Free State Project. They don't know about what's happening in New Hampshire. And I think as soon as we can start really rocking the boat up here as far as making some changes, getting some pro-liberty people elected, getting uh, a bunch of laws repealed, putting more money back in the hands of the people that earned it here in the state, then the word's going to spread. Word's going to get around that uh, New Hampshire, it already is probably the most one of the most business-friendly states, one of the most freedom-oriented um, states, probably the most. And it, that's just going to get even bigger. People are going to, to hear the word, and then they're going to really have to make a choice. Huh, do I want to stay here in California and be suffocated by laws and regulations, or do I want to move my operations to the beautiful state of New Hampshire and have freedom and be able to run my business the way I want to? Michael, you know, any other a thoughts? Of, uh, a lot of technology companies are already moving to New Hampshire. You, you go down to Nashua and you've got people like Cisco and uh, what's the other one down there? I don't know. I don't know, but I know but that New Cisco's Hampshire's big. Uh, top in the, um, top, uh, near the top in the nation as far as uh, IT jobs. Right on, Michael. Thank oh, yeah. you. Thank you for the call. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. Uh, there's a little bit of a gem at the very end of the article because, they, again, they spent a lot of time with sort of a government, pro-government economist. In the end, they talked to Daniel Mitchell, an economist from Cato Institute in Washington. Quote, I fear we may be on a path to becoming a decrepit, high unemployment welfare state. Economists differ regarding whether at what or at what level a high tax burden acts to dampen economic growth. <laughs> it would seem to me that any tax burden will dampen economic growth. I mean, 
people are going to do their best to get around the taxes as much as they possibly can. But the fact is, is if you take 5% of people's money, then that's 5% less that they have to save and invest and, and spend. Yeah. Um, and if you put that 5% in the hands of bureaucrats, then that's 5% that's going to be spent lousily. It's not going to be spent with any sort of eye for care or caution or, or anything like that. They don't have an incentive to, uh, to restrict their spending. They don't have an incentive to give a damn about what it is that they're buying. Hey, if it was 5%, I'd be happy. <laughs> yeah, that'd be, uh, lux- that'd be luxurious compared to what we have today. Yeah, give me that. And so as it continues to go up and up and up, it continues to impede the economy. There's no, there's no certain percentage that all of a sudden it starts to impede the economy. It starts as soon as taxation starts. But uh, European nations have shown, for example, that advanced economies can maintain generous social welfare programs. I mean, for a while. They've got 80%, 90% tax rates in uh, Sweden. Why don't we just adopt that here? It'll make things wonderful, won't it? Well, until it uh, you know, stifles the economy to a halt. Have you ever driven a sweet Swedish car? No. <laughs> don't buy one new or used. But Mr. Mitchell says these nations pay a price of more tepid growth. Sweden, he says, has in recent years dropped off the global top ten list for per capita output. Ireland, by contrast, has kept the government burden low and enjoyed rapid economic growth. In fact, we had a story about Ireland recently in that, I guess it was about a decade or so ago, maybe 15 years ago, I think, that they slashed their corporate tax rates, they slashed their personal income tax rates, you know, they're not at 0%, but they slashed them from like 50% to 35%, and then 35% to 20-something percent, mm-hmm. and they've seen significant boosts in their economy since then. Well, they have a small bureaucracy, though, not like us. Well, the fact is, you put money if you keep money in the hands of the people that earned it, they spend it best. There's no denying that. Let's go to the phones. Let's talk to uh, Jeremy in Illinois. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian Wayne and Mark. Hey, Jeremy. Hello. Uh, uh, Hi. What's on your mind? Yeah, earlier, well, first of all, I guess I should say that uh, an amazing coincidence, I too am calling from the Give Me Liberty Bar. Excellent. And uh, I, I got to point out a little mistake you made earlier. What's that? Uh, about the fair tax. I'd say you're about 90% wrong on what you said. Oh? Now, note I said 90% because I'll get into that. Okay. The prebate is not the government taking money from other people and giving it to you. They are giving you the money that you are going to give them back anyway. So ultimately, uh-huh. with the exception, now you got to remember, prebate is based on the poverty level. That's the 10%. It's a little fuzzy, I'll admit. It's maybe not the strongest point of the whole plan, which is a very good plan in my opinion. Well, I, I understand but, some people like taxes. I don't really understand well, why that is, but but I'm sorry. Um, you can make whatever you can say whatever you want about how the prebate is structured. It doesn't it doesn't uh, contradict the fact that it's a welfare check coming from the the government to every single household in America. Every household will be on the dole. You're saying that, oh, well, they're going to spend it back, and it's going to go back to the government right. anyway. And, and what you're saying is inaccurate, because it's not my money, because the government pulls all the money into a pool and then writes checks from that pool. That is redistribution of wealth. No, 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 no. Oh, yeah? you gotta look, hey, you got to look at the end of the day, amount of money you paid them versus the amount of money they paid you. You would be paying them more money than they pay you. Therefore, ultimately... With the exception of the few people that pay below, that uh, spend below the poverty line, mm-hmm. most people are going to come out net negative. So the government's really not paying anything. They're just 
not charging as much. But they are so, going to create a, a huge bureaucracy uh, that will have to administer this program. Oh, no, they'll just use the IRS. No, they're going right. to use the, uh, the oh, Social yeah, Security yeah, Administration. A huge bureaucracy to administer a program that's 120 pages as opposed to our current 56,000-page program. Right, but, here, but here's the problem. The real question here is, are they really, really going to eliminate the IRS? Right. I what, you're saying, what you're saying is the either-or situation, and that's what's pushed with the fair tax. But the fair tax doesn't do anything to eliminate the 16th Amendment, which tells me that these people that we don't trust in government are going to do what they always do, which is they're going to have uh, an income tax on the very wealthy, which in a 100 years will all qualify as very wealthy by their standards that they set today, um, just as it happened in 1913. And right, remember the statistics we gave last night? And we're going to have, have this 30% uh, you know, sales tax on everything we buy. Yep, and then everybody's going to be on the dole from the government, which means that they're going to be demanding things from you. And, Jeremy, thanks for the call. I mean, you know how they demand things of you in order to get checks? It, it does, well, it, um, the fair tax does nothing to to lower the size of government. Not nothing. at all. And it's just a restructuring. It, it, right. and, that's, and the government's just going to continue to grow, so it's going to need money from somewhere. More coming up. You take control. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. Talk Live, and it's your show. You bring up what you want. Toll free. 800-259-9231. Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free. Uh, though we do would like to ask you to voluntarily buy some stuff, like at our store, uh, store.freetalklive.com. We've got brand new items that are on pre-order status right now. Um, so you need to get signed up for them. Um, because it really helps us if you pre-order. That way we have some idea of who wants what and how many people want these these items. So we've got the uh, the new ladies Free Talk Live ladies t-shirt, which was in high demand. We've got two different types of hoodies. There's a zippered version and a pullover style. There's the Free Marketeer t-shirt, the new Free Talk Live beanie cap, the retractable lighter bottle opener combo, and the absolutely hottest selling item we've ever had, the 2 gigabyte multi-gadget. It's an MP3 player. It's a flash drive. It's an FM tuner. And it's a voice recorder, and there are a few other features that they just threw in there apparently because they could. So um, head over there to store.freetalklive.com to take a look at the items and uh, place your order. That's store.freetalklive.com. You know, we just got off the phone a moment ago with Jeremy in Illinois, actually calling from the Second Life Gimme Liberty Bar, where some of our listeners hang out. It's kind of like this little digital world where they can all interact. It's pretty cool. Uh, but it sounded like Jeremy was pretty much a true believer in the fair tax. Um, and. I feel bad for these fair tax advocates because they've been sold this this bill of goods that to them sounds really great. And, you know, on the surface, it does sound pretty darn good. Getting rid of the IRS? I mean, who wouldn't want to do that? You know, and, and on the surface, I am for the fair tax. Uh, when you talk about replacing uh, the IRS with... If it actually did what it uh, supposedly intends to do, and that is right. gets rid of the IRS entirely... Right. I could handle the prebate. I could handle all the other weird stuff um, You know, that, that goes in with the fair tax. I could handle paying 30% um, on the dollars uh, as far as sales goes, mm. and, or sales tax goes, and I don't know whether it would be in, included in uh, mortgage payments or electrical bills or things like that, but I could handle that. It, the problem for me is that it does not eliminate the 16th Amendment, and if you don't el- eliminate the 16th Amendment, I guarantee you that in a quarter century, we will have both a national sales tax 
and a, a national income tax. That's right. Well, it's very likely that you're going to have both anyway, yeah. because uh, they'll they'll use the fact that uh, that most people think it's okay to heavily tax the rich to simply say, all right, we're going to give you this fair tax. And you're not going to have to pay the IRS anymore unless you make over a hundred thousand dollars a year. Yeah, but that's nothing nowadays. Making a hundred grand now is nothing. Yeah, it's nothing on the, the grand scale of things. But to the the, the Americans making less than twenty thousand, remember the statistic mm-hmm. from last night was that sixty four percent of Americans making less than twenty thousand dollars a year are all for heavy taxation of the rich. So this would be so easy to sell to those Americans, like, hey, we're going to take you out of the tax system, and we're going to leave these rich people in it. You don't mind if we leave all these evil rich people in the system. Oh, no, go ahead, leave them in there. We don't like rich people here in America. So then, of course, they'll leave the entire tax system up, and uh, anybody making over 75000 or $100,000 a year will still be paying through the nose in income taxes. And on top of that, they'll have to pay the uh, the sales taxes. And then as the money inflates... As the federal government continues to print money and $100,000 becomes less and less valuable, mm-hmm. then people will start making $100,000 a year, but that, that won't buy you you know a hill of beans anymore. Right. Now, I'm and then a, you'll have to pay the income taxes, I'm too. not a tax expert, but I believe that this is how it went in 1913. That's exactly how they it went. They said, um, look, we're just going to... Only people that make $14,000 a year, which is a phenomenal amount of money in 1913, right. only the people that make $14,000 a year or more will get tax the rich people yeah give it to them stick now, it to them now every now and that's below the poverty line yep. there, there are a few problems too with the fair tax one is there are a lot of states now that have state income taxes based on the federal income tax so what are they going to do they're going to have to raise their state uh, mm. sales taxes to make up the shortfall and the other thing is is that these proposals always get watered down and changed uh, to placate certain people like the tax attorneys sure. and the CPAs who well, make their living off taxes. H&R Block, what are they going to do? Yeah, what I are mean, they going to do? Look, exactly. we have subsidies going out to bee farmers and the milk industry and egg farmers, and everybody gets a subsidy. Mm-hmm. So everybody, every lobbyist in Washington, D.C. is going to get a hold of this thing and put the whooping on it. Yeah. So I understand that it's only 120 pages now, or whatever um, the, gen- the caller said, and I'm sure he's right. I don't know. I haven't researched it or anything. But it's not going to stay that way because right. the politicians are in charge. I think that we are better served, personally, I think we're better served and just... Trying, you know what? I don't think you can try to shrink the federal government. I don't. I think I, I, I would consider the federal government of the United States a lost cause. The only hope secede. is well, I don't know about uh, secede, but I mean, you know, move to the free state project, <laughs> and then show America what one state that um, is working towards lower taxes can do. You know, I, I know the people that are supporting the fair tax generally consider themselves small government. Types of people. Yeah, and I don't want to alienate and those people. I don't want to either, but it's so sad hearing them make excuses for this this program, which, as you pointed out, isn't going to do squat to actually reduce the size of government. It's just going to reorganize things. Well, right. And it's so sad to hear them making excuses like uh, Jeremy was a few moments ago that oh, it's not welfare because you're going to pay uh, you're going to pay it anyway when you go and buy the product, so you're just getting a, a little bit of your money back. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't change the fact that it will encourage the welfare mentality. Well, that's that's something that will not change about this. Now think about it. Every American household starts getting a $400 check every single month from the federal government. What do you think that household's going to do when that check doesn't come? They won't like it. 
They're going to scream bloody murder. <laughs> Where's my check? Well, I'm used to this check coming here every single month, and I'm going to get on the phone to the Social Security Administration. Where is my check this month? And, you know, of course, who knows what that process is going to be like to try horrible. to track that down. Well, but that it's, going to, it's going to encourage that sort of that I'm on the dole mentality. Americans won't care that they're going to spend the money out anyways. They're going to be used to getting that check from mommy government, and damn it, they are going to come to depend on it. Well, I, I, I don't know. I don't think that's the strongest argument against the fair tax, the one that you're making. I think that uh, if you... For a small government person to support welfare is screwy in my mind, no. and that's what they're supporting. It, it, you know, you're, you're paying, you would lower the, uh, the, the sales tax, the national sales tax that uh, would go with the, the fair tax, and then people, in, you know, inform people, look, your check's going away, you know. Mm. You know, uh, on one hand, I think that a sales tax is a more efficient way to collect taxes than an income tax where you've got all these people involved in, in, the, in the stream. Uh, and one of the things that they've, they're selling this, uh, one, of, one of the selling points of this whole plan is that it, the government will bring in just as much, if not more, money than they do now. So h- how is that good? Right. <laughs> so um, now you can uh, tax protest the government by choosing not to pay. Sixty-seven million Americans choose to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know what, you know, some of them get repercussions. Many, 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 most of them do not. Sure, they, um, they just don't have the resources to go after. They just don't go after these 67 million. So then you don't have the option. So this is a very Republican kind of thing to do. We'll just keep the Democrats, uh, you know, income tax that we put in place, but we'll enforce it. You know, because the, the mm. Republicans, really what they do when they get in charge is they keep all the Democrats' laws that they put in place in right. the beginning, and then they enforce them yeah. more so. Well, the rats always find a way around the maze. And one of the things that I noticed about uh, last time I looked at the proposal was that it would only affect new goods. So you'd have a huge market of used products because people right. don't want to pay the tax. Now, I, I would also agree that there's probably a huge compliance uh, cost built into everything you buy because every company you buy from has to have certain people on the payroll to comply with income tax and withholding and everything. So I know right. that that would save businesses money. True. And, and if you were to say, okay, in an ideal, wor- ideal world, that if it were okay to collect all this tax from people, well, this would be a better way in some ways. But it's not going to be the way they're proposing it because Congress right. has not gotten their bloody mitts on it yet to exactly. ruin it. Even if you can, and this is one of the principles that Harry Brown talks about in his book, Why Government Doesn't Work. Even yeah. if you can envision the perfect government program, in this case, getting rid of the IRS and implementing this new, and I don't think this is a perfect program, but either way. But somebody does. Whatever it is you've envisioned is not going to become law. Because, as you say, they'll meddle around, they'll change things, mm-hmm. they'll, they'll, they'll use it as a political football, they'll add stuff to it, right, and it will look nothing like your original uh, con- concept. Well, concept. it'll look a little bit like it, just enough to confuse people. Well, and then five years later, after the bureaucrats have started writing code, or they've started uh, writing their uh, little internal regulations, it'll totally screw up. Hey, we got to go to the phones. Uh, John is on the line in Oklahoma. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian Wayne and Mark. Hey, John, what's on your mind? Well, uh, hey there. How are you? Great. What's up? Hey, uh, you, <clears throat> excuse me, can you hear me okay? Yeah, just fine. Okay, great. Hey, you guys told me to keep you abreasted on that trucker's uh, strike slowdown. I called a couple weeks ago. Yeah, okay. The the truck driver's going to be surrounding, uh, what is it, Washington, D.C. or something? Yeah, it grew from um, four or five states down on the border to all 50 states now. And uh, thanks to you guys letting me speak on your radio program for a few minutes, uh, it went out nationwide, and it's really grown legs. Hmm. Um, what they've done is they've... Uh, their website, in case any of your listeners want to go take a look at it, it's real simple. Save America Fund, if you indeed. Save America Fund. So the truckers org. are going to go to each state capital? Is that what's happening? Well, what they're going to do is they're going to have a nationwide slowdown. They're going to slow down to the minimum speed on the interstate. <laughs> 40. Wow. 
Cool. Whatever it takes, and they're going to back up. Two How long is it going to go for? A day? Three days. When is it happening? This uh, the end of this month? Monday. Oh, this coming Monday. Call us coming and let us know what Monday. happens, John. Thank you for it. We appreciate it. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You know, it's it's like a it's civil disobedience on the the part of the truckers. We'll see how it turns out. Hour number two is on the way. You can take control of the airwaves. Coming up, the FDA. They're getting ready to expand their dirty mitts. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Talk Live. It's your show, and then you can take control of the airwaves. Full free as we launch into hour number two, 800-259-9231. That's the packet 8.net till free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are completely free. That, once again, is freetalklive.com. We're going to jump back into the calls here in a moment, but real quick, I wanted to give an update on our friend Russell Canning. Uh, he, as you may know, if you've been listening for the past couple of weeks, Russell is uh, one of the, the, I guess, star activists here in New Hampshire. He moved up as a part of the Free State Project probably two or three years ago at this point. And uh, he's been known, he's made a name for himself, um, not only for starting up the first Free Stater-owned and operated newspaper in the state, the Keen Free Press, but also by being a uh, tremendous advocate of civil disobedience and an, an adherent, uh, one who actually will go out and do civil disobedience. Um, in the case that got him arrested recently, however, it didn't really have anything to do with um, with civil disobedience. He was just simply driving in his van uh, well, when I he mean, was arrested. The fact that he doesn't have a driver's license is civil disobedience every single day. I don't know. I, th- I think it's just him living his life. Right, um, but there he, is his a gang life, that's making demands on him. His but, life is civil disobedience in that respect. I mean, not, he he's making a point by not having a driver's license. He's making a point by not having a license plate on his car. And um, right. you know, now he's getting to make that point a little more... Well, at that time, he did Strongly. have he actually did have a license plate on his car. Um, it's just that he was pulled over for having a headlight out, and then when they checked for his license, he didn't have one. He he used to have a license back when he lived in I think California. In fact, he used to be a, a professional driver. He used to be a, a like a big rig driver um, back in the day. So the man knows how to drive just fine. It's just that he doesn't have the government permit, and so the the cops arrested him. He got out of jail um, after he was processed. He didn't bail out. He didn't sign any of their paperwork. They told him he was going to need to show up in court. Well, he didn't bother to find out when the court date was because he just doesn't care about that sort of thing. And Russell lives his life as though the government doesn't exist, or as much as possible. I mean, he knows it's there, and he wants to fight it, but he doesn't really let it get all of its demands and, and mandates. They don't get to him. They don't bother him at all. And so he... Missed his court date, obviously, so they put a warrant out for his arrest again, and they found him at his house, of course. He's not hiding out or anything. He's just doing his normal thing. Not a wanted – well, he doesn't act like a wanted man. Right, so they they found him at his house. They rearrested him. Then they brought him into court the next day. We all went in there and uh, to, to show our support. And then they uh, then the judge said that he was going to have a trial. He set the bail at $1,000 and said the trial was going to be in mid-May. So now he's sitting in a jail cell just waiting um, for his trial. And who knows what will happen after that. And I uh, just want to give you a quick update from his wife, Kat, Kat Canning, uh, from the nh3.com forum. 
She says they actually let me see Russell and talk to him for an hour. He said they were generally more laid back at that jail, and they aren't treating him too pat, uh, too badly. His cell is the interesting thing about Russell is he can compare jails. Uh, <laughs> well, that's his, interesting. <laughs> his, sale, his cell is very small. He can touch both walls at the same time. Uh, it sounds complicated to send books, but vaguely possible, though improbable, that he would fill out the paperwork in order to actually receive the books. He's gotten letters so far only from Cat and another uh, free, uh, free stater uh, named Roger. He says they're not reading his mail. They just open it in front of him. One lieutenant lady told him that 80% of the people there are in for drugs. He can make collect phone calls, costing the recipient 20 cents a minute, so if you'd like him to call you, send him a letter with your phone number. He'd appreciate more mail. It wasn't him who was, uh, okay, he said the food was better there than uh, the other jails he's been in. He actually got a real banana. And so if you're interested in contacting Russell, he's got 23 hours a day to sit in his jail cell. So, you know... He'd probably, he'd probably really appreciate a letter from you. Well, does that mean, how does he get out and make a phone call then? I mean, if he's uh, does the, the sh- cell have a phone in it? I don't know. If so, I hate the idea that my tax dollars are going for prison cells with telephones. I'm not sure them. about that, Mark. That's a good question. But nonetheless, he is in jail. And uh, you know what? If you're interested in contacting Russell, all the details you need are on the front page of nhfree.com. The address for the jail is there. The phone number is there if you'd like to call the uh, the bureaucrats and ask them to let Russell go. You can certainly do that as well, but but uh, he's I requesting. Think that's hilarious. He'd like <laughs> to have some mail to read, and so I wanted to just throw that out there to our listeners because I know that a number of them had written Lauren Canario when she was recently in jail, and she really appreciated that. So nhfree.com to get in touch with Russell Canning. Let's go to the phones to Hugo in Illinois. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian Wayne and Mark. Hey, Hugo. Hugo. Hey. Going once. Hugo going twice. Yep, Hugo. I hear something. I hear a phone. Somebody's rattling something around. Yep, well, put him back go. on hold. We'll try him back. Uh, let's go to Jim in Florida. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Jim. Yes, it's a pleasure to be on your show here. What's on your mind? Um, well, I hope I can use your show to make an SOS call, and I hope this could be the beginning of a series of talks. I am a disabled citizen whose life has literally been destroyed by what can reasonably be called a quasi-Nazi police gang. And let me say that we have to have authority. I'm not against police. But let me just briefly, if I can give you a thumbnail uh, report here, and if there's anybody that got lost their eyesight or their limb fighting in Vietnam who could help protect a blind man's right to thumb a ride, I have hitchhiked. I am blind from birth. For obvious reasons, I can't drive a car, a motorcycle, or a bike. I have now hitchhiked 50,000 miles safely up and down the peninsula of Florida, except for being attacked. And if anybody else attacked me, I'm not a a sissy because I can't see. I wouldn't even mention it. Um, Basically, to just try to condense this, when... After hitchhiking 15 years in Orlando, five days a week safely, I was placed under arrest, surrounded by four uniformed gunmen, locked in a police car in 96-degree heat for a half hour with the windows closed, uh, and locked into a cell three and a half feet wide by 10 feet long with nothing but a concrete slab and a toilet bowl with no seat, just for the position of a finger on my hand. I refer to thumbing rides. No, the word ordinance does not give police totalitarian power just because their uh, um, boss in city hall signed a statement. Well, they don't need they don't need laws. They have badges. 
that gives them uh, the power, and they're willing what, what, to just crack you over the head. So because, there is an ordinance that says no hitchhiking? Well, well understand that all in, oh, in many cities, but all an ordinance huh. is is a hypnotic word designed to hypnotize the public. And again, all you have to do is make a very severe penalty. If you mess with somebody hitchhiking, you go to jail for life. But that's like saying you can't drive because 16,000 people were killed by drunk drivers. There is no better test of the sickness or wellness of a freedom of a free country than a blind man's right to thumb a ride. Hmm. And again, blindness is not a chip on my shoulder. I Just to show no. you, I, I, I am less in some ways because I cannot see. I'm showing you that I am a man of reason. Now, I moved to Fort Pierce, Florida back in 2000 where I was literally stalked, run out of town. Um, and, and here's how it went. And again, I hitchhiked six days out of seven. Um, my life has been destroyed literally by a quasi-Nazi police gang. And where, do you, probably, where do you hitchhike to exactly? Well, all, well, wherever you drive. I, For instance, I live in Sebastian now. It's 40 miles north of Fort Pierce mm -hmm. where I used to live. I'm familiar with it. Okay. Okay, I, once a month I hitchhike 40 miles there and back, and um, my friends take me out of enemy territory so I don't have to worry about being assaulted. But let me just briefly tell you what happened in Fort Pierce. The first week I was there, I was threatened three times because they're bought, you know, just for the position of a finger on my hand, and they won't leave me alone when I tell them. I told this big bully lieutenant, um, sir, I said, if my only danger in being picked up nine or 10,000 times was nearly being killed by the police in Orlando, don't you <laughs> think you should leave me alone? He says, we're either taking you to jail or you're going home. Uh, Ten days later, the same man assaults me walking with a white cane down Avenue E. I hear the words, police, police. He runs up, yanks me by the wrist so hard it tore oh tendons in my shoulder. I am being attacked, a blind guy walking down the street with a cane because of a report concerning the position of a finger on my hand. In, a, in other words, somebody had reported... Someone had called you in? Listen, I have, been, I have been in jail three times just for holding my finger up. And if I mentioned the, the blind business, and I, I wouldn't degrade myself for mentioning it, but if I was black, I could yell and scream about it. And that's not anything against anybody who's black. I'm just making a comparison. So they start. So here's what happened. Wow. He, um, I had to go to court uh, for the second time just for holding my finger up. The right. judge dropped the charges, but she would not agree to tell her men to leave me alone as I police politely asked her for a statement. And so um, the chief of police hung up on me in a second town, and this is the same chief of po uh, police who uh, they got him for embezzlement. Wow. The new chief of police would not agree to leave a blind guy alone whose only danger is being tortured by the police in Orlando. Are they trying to? What, I mean, is the idea here that they're trying to save you from yourself from no, getting no, 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 attacked no, 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 by someone? I, just listen to this, and I, I don't want to take too much time, but I hope somebody will help me because I think they're going to lock me up again. I hope you will have me for a series of talks. I have a 170-page wow. document. Let me just finish amazing. This up real quick. You know what? I'll I'll hold you over because it's pretty interesting. Like, wow, you you're being assaulted by the police. You're a blind man. I. If someone can help this guy, I'd like to give him the opportunity. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. Bring up what you want. Toll free at 800-259-9231. That's the packet 8.net. Toll free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features completely free, including the wiki, over 1,200 pages of unique content created by listeners just like you. It's like the listener-editable version of our website at wiki.freetalklive.com. Dot com. And SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. 
They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful, they record every call, and they have the best equipment that money can buy, so your business is handled as efficiently as possible. See their banner at freetalklive.com or call 800-544-6359. That's 1-800-544-6359. Do business with businesses that support Free Talk Live. As we go back to Jim in Florida, you're back on Free Talk Live. Now, Jim, you're a, you're a blind man, and uh, as a result of that, your transportation options are, well, a little bit limited. So yes, um, be, you make Excuse a, me, sir, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Before I finish, let me just throw out two questions well, here. Well, I don't want you to what? finish quite yet because I need a recap for people that are just tuning in. You're a blind I'm man, sorry. and you, uh, you hitchhike to get around, and you were just telling us about uh, the harassment and manhandling and uh, just terrible experiences you've had at the hands of the police down there in Florida. And you said you're looking for some sort of assistance because you believe you're being targeted. Uh, The same lieutenant has gone after you multiple times at this point. The judge, even though she threw out the charges against you, refused to call off her dogs. And so you expect this is going to happen again. It seems to me that you're probably right about that. And you're looking for some sort of assistance. I don't know what exactly you're looking for. What would that be? Well, please, but there's a lot more to this. Um, if I was a manatee, a sea turtle, or a dog, or a killer whale here in Florida, my freedom would be protected a hundred times more. The federal court judge threw out my case and said it was not in, uh, illegal to lock me uh, in the car in 96-degree heat with the windows closed for a half hour. He said that was not a crime, but holding my finger up was a crime because somebody cried ordinance. Now, if the word communist does not give North Korea and Vietnam totalitarian power, how does the word ordinance? Um, now, let me get back to the story. Um, the chief of police in a second town hung up on me. The judge would not agree to have them leave me alone. And so I called a talk show, and it was the Randy Rhodes show. And after she heard my story, she hung up on me, and she said, oh, all the insane people were, are calling me today. If I was Wow, a, that's really and, outrageous. And, and then the police were stalking I me. I thought Democrats calling, cared about uh, the downtrodden. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, really. And so anyway, they started stalking me. The police told me to get out of town three different times. Uh, They told me uh, the lieutenant who attacked me came up and started laughing hysterically and said there's no law against attacking blind people. Uh, They were harassing me so much six times in six weeks I wasn't going to quit hitchhiking. And I want to say this, which freedom would you rather give up, freedom of speech, freedom of press, or freedom of movement? None. None of the above. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, uh, I checked myself into the hospital because I thought I was developing a heart condition. The police saw me being checked in there, and they told the doctor I was mentally disturbed. Several months later, I called the... Um, now, this is, all, is this all happening in Fort... Was it Fort Pierce or Sebastian? Uh, well, uh, Fort Pierce. I call it Port Fierce. Is Fort, is Fort this, Pierce... I'm not familiar with the area. Is it fairly large? What's the population? No, no, it's about a 30,000 town. It's about... Okay, uh, so that 15, explains it then. So there's, there's a small police force. They know right. who you are, and right. they easily recognize you when you're out and about. Okay. Yes. Now, when I called the second talk show, they they surrounded me and started speaking threateningly to me. Then a few days later, I was in Archie's Seafood, a known hangout. They told the uh, seafood place to call 911 just to intimidate me. Then they got their chance to get me when four weeks later, I was attacked by a slightly retarded man who was stealing everything I had. I told him he was going to have to go to jail for forging a check for... Who was it that, wait, wait, wait. Who, who was it that told the seafood place to call 911 on you? Uh, uh, the police did because they, they were so desperate to get me on something. Why would the police to, have to tell the seafood place to call 911 on Because you? they're not. We don't have police in America. We have police gangs. They don't go to... See, in my document of reforms, uh, the, nationalism is not the evil. 
it was never the evil that we thought. It's localism. Four people with guns in two different towns in America going after a man who's blind like I robbed a bank because of the... Well, nationalism's of... pretty darn dangerous, too. But what it you're is. talking about is the, the fact that the police have pretty much full purview to do whatever the flip they right. want to do, and sure. they very yeah. rarely... We talk about it all the time on Free Talk Live. They very rarely get in trouble. We had a story, uh, what, a couple of weeks ago about a death squad of cops in Delaware that just uh, just murdered a man out on his front porch uh, right in front of witnesses, just right out in the open, just so brazen, and they get away with it. Nobody brings them up on charges. It's very rare that police get in trouble for the abuse that they per- uh, that they perpetrate on not just blind people, but drug users who aren't harming anyone else and various other different individuals who just don't deserve that sort of a horrible treatment. How can, uh, can, how can people that want to help you out get in touch with you, Jim? Okay, let me just say one more thing. I just did 19 months behind bars. Without a trial or a, a hearing, my life has been destroyed. I lost almost everything I own. They sent me to two insane asylums, and their criteria for releasing me from the second nuthouse was that I plead no contest to their knowingly false charges. Uh, and mm. could I leave my number? I, this is important because I think they're going to get me again. I won't go into this. But I just want to say one more thing. How about an email address? That would probably uh, be a so little. No, I, I, I'm not computer literate. Could, could oh, I leave my number boy. with your producer? And, and and but could I just say a couple more things? If about you want to get, if you want to give out your number on national radio, Jim, that's your purview, man. I, I don't take responsibility do for that. Any, I have made over 400 calls to Washington. Well, that's not going to do any good. Denied my complaint. Sure, they doing, don't care. Why should they, they care? care? Please, I've got some fabulous reforms, and and I'm uh, you know Jim Worth, area code seven seven two, five eight nine, nine nine two. If anybody gave their sight or their limb fighting for freedom, we're protecting other people's freedom more than our own people. One, let me give it out one more time. Okay, go ahead. Some, some How can I say no to a blind guy? Seven seven two, and they and they arrested me again after being released from the. I nut believe house. it, Jim. Give me the number. I, we got to go. Seven seven two five eight nine. Please nine nine two two. Call me, if Jim. You, good good luck, and um, and don't hesitate if they continue to harass you to check in with us again and, and let us know what happens. And thank you for the call. I I, I I'm sorry that uh, that Jim didn't get any other uh, assistance from any other talk show host. Wow, I'm shocked. I, it's it's amazing to me that uh, you know Randy Rhodes would just dump him off the air like that. To, just to just to use him as I mean that's that's the way a lot of uh, you know a lot of hosts view callers. They they're like tissues. You yeah. use them up and you throw them away. And, um, you know, I understand you get some outrageous claims. You get some callers making some pretty right. radical claims. Obviously, we can't verify um, what Jim says. I don't know that he's blind. I don't know he's had problems with the police. I don't know but if that was his phone be- number or if that was his name. It I don't sounds know. believable to me. Yeah, yeah, that's the area code that uh, that he's that he's calling from. And that that much is accurate. And I mean, it sounds like he gave out. And it's it's a totally believable story. He called the right show in this particular case because we're the show that reports on police abuse. We're the show that reports on the fact that uh, that it's an undeniable fact that the police believe they're above the law. In fact, not only do they believe they're above the law, they pretty much are above the law. And there's story after story that backs it up. Um, whether it be uh, the police abusing someone or the police arresting people on frivolous charges, harassing people in the streets and not actually bringing them up on charges, st- stealing drugs, stealing cash, not actually reporting any of these things. I mean, there's story after story of police corruption. I get emails every single week from StopTheDrugWar.org with at least four or five fresh cases of police corruption for various different, in various different ways. And, I mean, it, it never ends. Never. They're supposed to be peace officers. You know what? Since we're talking about... You would think that they'd be out there protecting the weak, like people who can't see. Yeah. 
since we're talking about it, coming up, I've been meaning to get to this story. We've had it for a few days. We should get to it because we're talking about the cops, and plus the story will just get old soon. But you might have heard that the New Jersey governor got in a car wreck recently. He's had to have surgery and stuff like that. But have you heard the rest of the story? We'll give it to you. Coming up, 800-259-9231. Yeah, it involves power and authority and privilege. We're coming up. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and it's your show. You bring up what you want for free, 800-259-9231. That's the packet 8.net toll free line for you, and it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. You can join us online, freetalklive.com. Get signed up for the updates. Whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show, you'll know first if you're on the updates list. In fact, I uh, just sent out an update today announcing our new auction, which mm-hmm. is going on right now at auction.freetalklive.com. Usually we auction a banner on our website. Right. That's not what's going on this This time. is totally different. Um, I decided that I wanted to see how eBay would do for radio spot time. So we have one 30-second ad every single day for like 13 weeks. I believe it starts in early May. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's got a specific time period that it's going to run. And it's a great way to try out uh, you know, radio advertising for your company. I suspect it's not going to go for what it's worth, which is $1,500. I just can't imagine it going for that much. Probably not. But, but you know, I, I have we'll the see. inventory right now. I don't. May, I may not have it at the end of the time, and I'm, mm-hmm. it gets, you know, I'll, I'll feel the squeeze, but eh, I thought I'd give it a shot. I always wanted to see how it went. and So this is a good ch- um, chance to check it so out. So you're actually bidding on on-air radio ads mm-hmm. that will air on every single radio affiliate that we have. That's, that's correct. What's, the that's the what space, you won't be, you're not bidding on an ad. You'll have to you know, either have your own ad or, um, or we'll have produce us one for you. Right. Um, but you're bidding on the space. Right. So that's at auction.freetalklive.com. And if you want to get on the updates list, head over to updates.freetalklive.com as we go to the phones to uh, a female call, because ladies come first, uh, apparently calling herself Concerned Citizen in Idaho. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hi. Hi. Um, please be a little slow with me because um, I'm kind of nervous. That's all right. I'm a Manchurian candidate. What does that mean? Well, that means that I was uh, abducted and uh, sent to, to Bluebird or Project Bluebird. What's that? And, well, that's where they use MK Ultra. That's where they put you. In, um, What's that? The mind control? Yes. Uh-huh. Please give me a listen because I'm dead okay. serious. Okay. Well, we're listening. I just I, we don't know what the terms mean. Bluebird, MKL. Oh, okay. Well, that's a. That's a black ops thing. It, they, they don't tell everybody what it is. So they put but you anyway, in this... I, okay, go ahead. I, I'd like to tell that blind man that all around the states, um, people that have no money and people that are mentally ill and um, people that are just young and, and kind of dumb, mm-hmm. uh, they pick them up and they put them either in a mental institution or an internment camp, and I've seen them take both kinds. Now, you claim you were actually in one of these places? Yes. Now, how'd you get out? Um, well, I was tormented till my time was up, and then they let me out. Well, and wait, they, what? T- I mean, they bring you in just for a certain period of time? And the cops they... do. Yeah, the cops, they stop you. So, jail? And, Is that what we're talking about here? Yeah, they put you in jail, and then they send you to a mental institution, and they torture you with drugs and, and uh, psychological things. Um, I mean it. 
What were you picked? What man. was the uh, what was the allegation they picked you up for? Um. Well, they said that uh, they said that I was crazy, and I was because I was uh, drugged, and it takes a period of about a month or two to um, get you to the state that they want you in, so they can arrest you. So Have you, you ever were been arrested for being insane. Okay, wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. How did you go insane? What? How are you being drugged exactly? Um, were you taking mind drugs? Mind control stuff. And, mind control, uh, huh? I don't how did they, what do they do? Me. Slip it in your water? I mean, how do they get you to actually take the mind control drugs? Do you know anything about mind control before I go any further? I personally think it's a little bit uh, on the conspiracy side. Uh, um, okay, I, now let me talk, please. You're, you've it been talking. Go ahead. Conspiracy talk. But I'll tell you something. I have lived this mm-hmm. 38 years, and I'm sane right now, and I'm telling you, they use these people, like the blind man, to do things they don't even know they do. Hmm. And they, they don't know sane. they're doing it. No, they don't know they're doing Wait, it. Wait, they, they don't know they're they using mind control on people? Pardon me? They don't know that they're using no, no. mind control on you? What? The man. person themselves. Does yep. not know it. I see. Now, hold on I just a second. because I've been in it 38 years. I, I understand um, where you're coming from and the accusation that they they, uh, they get somebody who's, you know, um, got a problem or something, and they, they drug no, no. them up, and they control no. them. Now, my question is, how do they control them if they don't know what they're doing? Do they use, like, a little joystick and some buttons? I mean, wh- what do they do? Um... I don't know if I can explain it or not. I tried to explain it to you. How do you drug somebody? You drug them in your coffee. Mm-hmm. You drug them in your food. Mm-hmm. They give you viruses. This blind man is in trouble if he gets picked up again. He may be sent to an internment camp, and I've got one more thing to say. Have you been to an internment camp? No, I have not. Okay. That they put you in a mental but hospital. But I've been somewhere where they put me in, in cow manure up to my neck. What? Why, why yeah. do they do that? They torment you because it starts out a little child that you are, um, you have some kind of problem, some kind of conflict. That's where they want it. They want your parents to be uh, ornery to you so that uh, you'll be easily controlled. Now, please let me say this one thing. Go ahead. This is not logical at all. There's nothing logical at all about mind control. But, or illegal cops picking you up off the street for no reason whatsoever. Mm-hmm. One day I was going to the cops to report something, and this mean cop said, no, you're not, you're going with me. Was this and after, wait now, did you go to the cops to report something after you'd already been mind-controlled, or was this before uh, the whole mind-control thing? I don't understand. You're, when you're mind-controlled, you're mind-controlled, period. They have uh, what they call a matrix, and they put a matrix in your mind. That boy that shot those men and women in that school the mm-hmm. other day in the college, I swear he would be a good person to say he is a candidate, a Manchurian candidate. A he matrix. probably didn't what is, what know is... what he was doing, and um, then he realized what he was doing because I've had, um, what do you call it, um, 
when you remember something, uh, backslash. I hope you can understand, uh, you know, our our sense of disbelief here. I mean, having a guy call and say he's being harassed by the cops—that's totally believable. But saying that there's mind control and the Matrix and everywhere, there's thousands. What of is us. it that? Uh, what there's is it? Thousands. You of say us. they put the Matrix in your brain. How does that work? Is it an implant I'm or? I'm not a mind control genius. I'm You've been only in it for 38 years. Victim. I'm only a victim, and please, you sound like you're being snotty. I just want to understand. What is the? Well, you told me that I there's a matrix. You should know what it is, right? I'd be a millionaire. What did the communists do? You claimed so that they the put matrixes do? in people's brains. What, what is a matrix? What did the communists do when they found a Christian? <laughs> they put them in a mental institution, and they tormented them, and they mm. tortured them. And if you don't believe me, you sound like you don't. And if you don't it's, believe it's me, it's an amazing I can't story. Uh, it's an amazing story. Now it is an amazing story. So you but say I'm they tortured this blind man. How long did they have you in the mental institution? Um, well, I've been in there thirty days and sixty days and all that. I'm sane now, and I don't want to go into me. I want to help that man. Okay. Well, you had his uh, you had his phone number. If you want to call him, you're welcome too. But uh, uh, you're on the phone, so I can talk about. I'd, I'd like to talk to you to try to understand what it is that's okay. going on. You're saying if that they I were putting things it. in your coffee. That they were put like putting some sort of poison or or, or drugs Not into poison. your into your they food. They will kill you though. They will kill you. Why didn't they kill you? Uh, because they were using me. That's why. And well, I why not use to... you up and then toss you away like a tissue? They do. So because you just got I, lucky. I didn't get lucky. I had God helping me. Think it over. Why didn't God help the other something? people? Huh? Why, why didn't God help the other people? Because they don't give their life 112% to him. To, I see. To God. Were you? Did you give your life to God before the mind control, or was that after the mind control? Um, I did, yes. But um, So he didn't help you get out of the mind control thing? At a very young age. It's, it's when did they start It's dreadfully important to say, this is totally absurd, this is totally illogical, and that's how they get away with it. I have a question for you. I don't want to argue with anyone. I merely want to say that the cops are arresting people and taking them to an internment camp. I had a doctor. Yeah, I should just go on. You better ask your question, Quick question. Do you, do you think that your mission has been fulfilled for them? Pardon? Do you think that your mission has been fulfilled for them? No. The woods like are lovely, dark and down. deep, and I have promises to keep and miles to go before I sleep. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and it's your show. You can take control of the airwaves toll free at 800 259 9231. That's the packet 8.net toll free line. 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, completely free. Uh, we give them away. Though we do ask you voluntarily support the show by becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier, as over 365 of our listeners have done at amp.freetalklive.com, and therefore uh, they're helping support the show for as little as 3 bucks a month. It's a great way uh, to get on board and help Free Talk Live get on more radio stations around the country, have more Internet listeners discover the program, and generally spread the concepts of freedom and liberty as far and as wide as possible. So if that sounds interesting to you and you'd like access perhaps to some of the perks, like the amplifier-only call-in lines, the amplifier-only chat room, forum, and more, get all the details at amp.freetalklive.com. 
com. We just got off the phone with uh, someone calling herself the Concerned Citizen. The voice sounded a little bit familiar. I'm not sure. We might have heard from her in the past. But she was making uh, some pretty outlandish claims that she had been mind-controlled and uh, thrown into a pile of manure by the government. Uh, I mean... I- I know the government's bad. I, I do. Um, I know the government's evil. And, Wayne, you were pointing out during the break that there are certainly programs out there that, you know, use people as guinea pigs. I mean, we've seen verification of it in the past. There was a, I think, a, I don't know if eugenics is the right word, uh, but I think a eugenics program was being run where they were essentially castrating women, um, black women in the, the South. Right. I mean, that, that there was a story that came out about that. That's It's true. I mean, they were doing it without people's permission. So... Does the government has the government experimented on people without their permission? I'm I'm sure that's the case. But is it is there such a thing as mind control? I mean, I when I when I went out to break, I said the woods are lovely, dark and deep, and I, that was a an excerpt from a, an old Robert Frost poem, which they used in a, a pretty entertaining old Charles Bronson movie called Telephon. And uh, the the idea was uh, in the movie that the Russians had brainwashed their own uh, KGB members had brainwashed them into having, like, these secret sets of uh, instructions that they had to follow. And when they got a telephone call and someone read them that excerpt from the Robert Frost poem, then they'd all of a sudden, they'd go into this trance, slowly put down the phone, walk outside, get in the vehicle, and, you know, it happened to have just, it'll blow up in this fiery explosion. They'd run it into something. And, you know, the idea was they were just terrorists that were sort of placed amongst American Manchurian so- candidates, essentially. Right, uh, placed amongst American society to wreak havoc at the, the pickup of, of this phone. Um, and you're saying, Wayne, that these things are, you believe these are, these are possible. I think they're possible. Uh, she was mentioning a matrix. And she's mentioned a few things about torment and torture and things. And if you look back, I studied this a little bit because I was a character actor, and I really wanted to know what made people tick. So I studied this a bit. And what's really interesting is that a lot of people who suffer from multiple personality disorder have had trauma or torment in their childhoods. And what they do is they develop these multiple personalities to cope with the horrible situations they're dealing with. So some of this is plausible. Now, I don't buy into it, nor do I... I um, uh, deny it. I, I think that you really have to be open-minded about it because these things do exist. They're out there. We may not hear about them on the TV news, but I'll give you a real good example of mind control. Watch the TV news. Watch the television. I mean, just just think of That's all That's not the... what I think of when I think of mind control. I understand the... that what you're saying is they're, they're not giving you the full story. They're, uh, you know, they're, they're biased and that sort of thing. And then over time, that'll have an effect on somebody's thought patterns. Sure. And it's certainly true that the government education indoctrination system has had tremendous effects on the the way Americans think about issues. As we started out with the, the beginning of the show, talking about how most Americans are now on the dole from the government. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, most Americans think it's okay to tax the rich. These are all concepts that they learned in government schools. I don't know if that's necessarily mind control. When I think of mind control, I think of you know you're you're doping someone up with the intent of implanting certain. Uh, con- controls in them, uh, sure. giving them commands and having them carry them out. Well, well, um, that's he, what I think when I hear mind control. And then with a, when the advocates for mind control or the, the advocates are women like that we just spoke with, 
who won't answer a question straight, even though she claims to have had 38 years of experience at this. I understand it's probably mentally damaging if it's really going on, but when you make a claim that they put a matrix into your brain, but then you can't even tell me what that is. That's terminology, but here's how, I, 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 from what I've studied about it, this is probably the explanation I could give you about the matrix. Is The matrix is just a, a matrix of personalities or uh, coping mechanisms that people develop through, because of torment. Now, hypothetically, if you were develop, if you had a pretty developed matrix of different personalities, it's plausible that maybe uh, a command or a series of commands could be implanted in one of those personalities. It's not dominant. It's, it's sort of subconscious. It's not at the surface like the Ian personality. Mm-hmm. So that with the right uh, triggers that could be activated and somebody could do something that they wouldn't normally do. Has anyone actually ever shown that could be the case in real life beyond anywhere? I mean, we've seen it in the movies. You know, The Manchurian Candidate, Telephone. There have been other movies that have dealt with this topic. But that's the only place I've ever really seen anything about this concept, that you you can just, with a few choice words, activate this sort of dormant um, set of commands or this dormant um, personality. Uh, Certainly, people have multiple personalities, and certainly there are mental disorders that are pretty spooky with with that sort of thing. Uh, But has has there actually ever been anything beyond just spooky Internet rumors and rumors on conspiracy shows about this? Has there ever been anything, you know, tangible? Has Discover Magazine ever reported on this? I mean, is there really anything out there that's something we can look at and say, hmm, this isn't just a crackpot caller to Free Talk Live. There's really something to it. I've heard other people say the same thing, and that's why it kind of spooked me a little bit, because I've heard other people say almost the exact same thing she's saying over the years. And I've met people from other countries who have told me about it, and I always thought, yeah, come on. But well, the more people I hear say it, the more I start thinking, hmm, maybe there's something to this. Well, but, but just because people are saying something doesn't mean that it it's It might true. just be interesting fiction that, that people adopt. You sure. Know? I mean, I, maybe there, she's a lonely old lady. There's no, there's no shortage of people that uh, believe that he- black helicopters are following them, but I don't see a lot of black helicopters in my day-to-day uh, journey. And right. I've been in lots of different cities and lots of different places, and I don't think that's true. Right. So the fact that people adhere to a particular belief system doesn't give it any sort of relevance beyond the fact that it's it's popular. And that doesn't that doesn't uh, that's not evidence that it actually has validity. Well, I wouldn't say it was popular, but I think that there have been uh, pretty accurate reports when I can see that both the Russians and the the Americans have had black op programs to try to attempt to control people's minds and there's many ways that to I do don't it. doubt I don't yeah. doubt that but that also doesn't mean anything just because mm-hmm. the government has a program that they're spending oodles of taxpayer dollars on uh, to research these sorts of things doesn't mean they've come up with anything so oh, I think they have they may have <laughs> tested a bunch of drugs and stuff but that doesn't mean they've been successful at it for instance there are the conspiracy crowd believes that the government can control the weather because there's some program called harp that you know allegedly somebody said something about it controlling the weather it turns out it's just some crappy uh, like a computer in an office somewhere and there's really nothing to the program but it's just that it's gotten this sort of mythology out there because no one really knows much about it and uh, so they just know what they hear and what they hear is that oh the government can control the weather there's absolutely nothing to back that claim up nothing but because the claim can continues to be repeated, like any propaganda, people inevitably will come to believe it. So until I can see something from a reputable organization like Discover or, you know, Popular Science or something beyond some rambling crackpot on a on a, a t- the telephone or some rambling crackpot website, I'm going to be uh, pretty 
I'm going to be questioning towards that. Let's go to the phones. Let's talk to, and again, you can take control of the airways, bring up anything. It is Duco calling in from Illinois. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Duco. Hi there. Uh, I used to actually live a few miles away from the town your uh, caller from Fort Pierce was from. Uh And the police there have a lot of things to deal with that's not uh, hitchhiking related. There's a lot of crime there. It's like really uh, bad. Are you saying you don't believe that gentleman, that he was being harassed by the police? No, 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 no. I mean, I'm just saying the police should be doing much better things than harassing the poor old man. But it's easy to harass harass easy victims. Uh, The police police are a gang of thugs, and gangs tend, and, and bullies tend to like easy targets. That's why instead of going after real dangerous people, they go after blind men hitchhiking on the road or pot smokers driving, you know, driving in their old beat up vehicles because they know that those people are just going to roll over. They know those people aren't going to uh, plead not guilty. They know they're just going to pay the fines, spend the time in jail, and they're going to go right back out and grab another bag of pot so they can get busted again. Uh, that's what the cops are all about. They're not about protecting anybody. Yeah. Um, I originally called to uh, talk about uh, intellectual property. Now, I'd like to know what you guys uh, think about that. See, I'm a photographer, mm-hmm. and I'd like to make some money off my photos. But um, I heard you guys don't really support uh, intellectual property, so how would I make a decent amount of money on my photos? Well, that's a good if, uh, it's a good question, yeah. and it's an issue that's debated hotly amongst libertarian circles. I don't know if uh, I think Mark, you're in favor of, of intellectual property. I'm in favor of intellectual property. I don't think that anybody should be able to sell um, something that somebody else's you know somebody else's intellectual property. It's an interesting discussion. If you'll hold on, we'll bring it back and talk about it. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. And I don't think this one's ever come up with you, Wayne. So it'll be interesting to see where you uh, stand on this issue. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That's the packet eight dot net free line and our Number three is coming up. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, launching into hour number three. You take control, bring up what you want, toll free at 800-259-9231. That's the packet 8.net toll free line for you, 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, where all the features are totally free. That again, freetalklive.com. We've got to roll right back into the phone calls here. Uh, we have uh, Duco on the line in Illinois. You're back on Free Talk Live. Now, Duco, you are a photographer by trade. And so you're sort of concerned with the libertarian viewpoint on intellectual property. And that's why you've called in. We didn't really have a chance to even start the topic, so I held you over because it's a big issue. And a lot of people, in the, a lot of people within the libertarian movement very much disagree on this. There are some seriously polarized camps on this particular issue. And, uh, and I understand how, how you feel about it. Um, you're a photographer. You'd like to eventually make some money uh, in the photography business. And I don't propose to know much about photography as far as the actual business end and and how you you would make money. Um, do you would you, do you have a specific type of photo- photography that you'd like to actually profit from, like uh, you know taking pictures of uh, models or doing uh, like industrial photography? What sort of area are you specialized in? Well, I'm undecided right now. I'm actually a student, and I'm working um you know off jobs right now. But later, if I wanted to like sell my photos, ah. Uh, 
you know, to certain businesses, I'd like to make money on that. So for commercial photography, well, is what now, I would get into. there's there's no there wouldn't be anything stopping uh, w- one way or the other um, the argument for intellectual property. There wouldn't be anything stopping you from selling your pictures to a business because you would be the only one who would have them. You would have intellectual property rights on them simply because nobody else had the pictures um, at that point. So you would be able to sell them to whomever you want. It's the matter of sort of protecting them while out they're out there on the internet or wherever. Right. The question becomes, how do you protect your intellectual property? Um, and really, um, the, what you have to ask yourself is, do you trust that the government will be effective at protecting your intellectual property, or will the marketplace come up with uh, radical innovations that have never necessarily been thought of before that might be a little bit more effective than um, than this angry gang that we know of as the government? I mean, we don't trust them in any other area in our lives. Why on earth would you trust them with uh, protecting your property? So my suggestion is that the marketplace would be able to handle this. And just coming off of this from the top of my head, um, I would like to suggest that if you were to, for instance, maybe spec a, uh, go to a, maybe you're going to do some news photography. Maybe you show up on the scene of a crime and you take some photos and, and then you approach the local newspaper and you're sort of like a freelance and you offer them the photos. And, of course, you're going to have to show them the, the photos in order for them to say whether or not they want them or not. I mean, you're concerned that the newspaper is just going to steal your photos and, and print them anyway. Well, in that case, what you should have is is uh, some sort of a preemptive contract that simply says, okay, well, I'm going to show you these photos just as long as you agree to not um, to copy them and not to use them. Uh, and if, if they agree with that, then they're violating your contract should they go ahead and, and put those in their paper without your permission or without paying you, that sort of thing. In the case of a violated contract, you can take them to arbitration and they will make good. Um, or their reputation will, will suffer as the, the newspaper that's known for stealing people's pictures. And then not very many other photographers are, wanna, are going to be interested in showing them their work. Now, I have a question. Now, sure. what if, um, for example, I sell my photo to a newspaper, mm-hmm. and then somebody uh, working for another newspaper takes that photo that the newspaper uh, bought legitimately and uses that in their newspaper? Or even Would if that... it was online and uh, the newspaper you know, uses it on, in their online publication, right. and then somebody can just right-click on it and, and take your photo, essentially, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Which yeah. happens today, by the yeah. way. And there yeah, are watermarks does. that you can, you can uh, put in your photo to... Uh, kind of hard coded to you, but the point is, is that uh, whatever agreement you have with that particular media outlet, uh, if that's an exclusive photo, uh, if somebody else uses it, you can go after them. Right, or you can maybe have an agreement that they can't use it online. They can only use it in the the print version of the paper, if that's something you're concerned about. I mean, the reality is today, if you post, post a picture online, you can post all the warnings and stuff you want around that picture. If that sucker's on a web page... People can download it, and then they're going to just do what they want with it. I mean, it's just to the point where it's there to where if a thousand people download your photo and then go and use it in unauthorized ways, it's an, it's an exercise in impossibility, not to mention it's not worth your while, really, to go after those people. So at a certain point, once that, in, once that photo goes out to the public, it's really out of your hands. So all you can really do is withhold it um, and try to control it as, as close to you as, you as you possibly can, whether right. this is in a free market world or a government-controlled world. What we have right now is government control, and, and it's not doing cert- so well. You can be certain that the, uh, the market is not going to stop demanding photographs of, uh, you know, artistic photographs or news photographs or whatever sort of photographs. So there's no way that that will that that it won't be a profitable industry to be in. I don't know how many people, you know, at, at that point, you know, it, it'd be interesting to see how it works. But uh, people are going to want to 
want to take pictures for a living, and people are going to want to see pictures. So, how about like uh, I have a uh, website where I put some of my photos uh, just just to show off, but mm-hmm. I, I'd like to retain the copyright on it. But uh, anyone would be free to just you know steal that image and use it to make money. I mean, what do you guys think about that? I don't agree with that really. If uh, if I have no protection from that. Well, I, you know, my only explanation is is that I, I believe that we should have intellectual property laws to the point where that people make money on other people's stuff. Now, if uh, if somebody takes your picture and decides to use it as wallpaper on their computer, um, I don't I don't see any point in going after that person for that uh, for some kind of use. Uh, you know, right, like that's it. personal use versus commercial use. But if somebody has it posted on their website, a commercial website where they're making money and they've got advertisers. You have legal recourse if you haven't authorized them to use your, your, your photo. Right. Well, he and knows that. He's just talking about uh, what if. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, you put, a, you put that photo online, and you know that there's a chance somebody can do something with it. So if you're concerned, don't put your, you know, if you want to put your best photos online as a portfolio sort of thing, then someone, if someone takes some of those pictures, first of all, the question I would like to ask is how could they make money off of it? I mean, if it's like a, if it's an old news event that you had a photo of from five years ago, there's not really any way they're going to be be able to make money off of that. How how, how could they really make money off of your your portfolio work? I mean, well, I'd really I'll like make, a realistic I idea. Hmm? Well, I'll take a picture, of a photo that would be uh, good for photography. You know, the photography that a lot of people would use. You, you cut out a little bit. What kind it was of hard photography? To I'm sorry, you I'm, cut out a little. What kind of photography? Uh, Goodbye. Oh, we're losing you. I'm so sorry. Thank you, though, for the call, Duco. We appreciate it. Maybe uh, we can continue the conversation some other time. Mm-hmm. But it seems to me that I've seen portfolio websites, and you know they're usually kind of artsy photos. Uh, one of our listeners uh, took a photo, of, took some photos of us at the Liberty Forum, and I went to her website, and then, you know there's you know pictures of they're very nice photos that are there, and I, I just don't know how anyone could make money off of those. I've seen the photos; they're beautiful, but Who's going to pay you for those? Yeah, I agree. I'd like to realistically know, hear of a situation where something like that could happen. Secondly, if someone takes your, um, takes your work off of your portfolio website and then utilizes it to somehow make money, you'd have to know about it to even take action. That's right. I mean, if they're using it in China, right. good luck. Uh, you know, the, the government monopoly is certainly it, not going to protect you there. It would be very difficult to know that. Um, right. You know, uh, a company would always be in fear that uh, if they were stealing a bunch of photos, if they did it once, they would do it more than once. It, right. it wouldn't be hard to show it was yours. In fact, you could embed your copyright right in the bottom of it with Photoshop in text. And if they even tried to crop it, you could prove that it was yours and that they cropped it. You had the original. You'd have the original, right, so that right. You, you could prove that. Plus, on the Internet, when you're looking at an Internet photo, Internet photos are done at 72 DPI, which is a very low dots per inch. That doesn't print out very well. It's mm-hmm. not usable in newspapers. It's not usable in magazines. It's it's really for Internet only. And the reason why is because, well, web pages need to be as small as possible, so they load as, as quick as possible. Nobody's using 300 DPI photos on their websites. And so if you want to help restrict people's access to your photo, you can still have a relatively large um, copy of the picture on your portfolio website. But if it's at 72 DPI... There's only so much someone can do with that on a professional basis. Yeah, they can grab it and put it on their their um, their computer background. That's no problem. Uh, but 
actually using it to sell, nobody's going to want to buy a 72 DPI photo. Right. You can't. I mean, we we um, we run an, a half-page ad in Talkers Magazine, and the least they'll accept to run ads from people that are paying to run mm-hmm. in their publication is 200 DPI. They just won't accept it if it's less. No, who would? I wouldn't accept it. It's going to make your magazine look crappy. So really, you have to look at the the protections that are already there that you can already use and try to imagine what it would be that the marketplace would come up with. If indeed people are having a a problem with people stealing their photos, the market's going to come up with a solution because it'll be in demand and someone in search of a profit will figure out a way to protect that information. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever you want toll-free at 800-259-9231, the packet8.net toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site completely free, including live streams, broadband version of the show, and a dial-up version waiting for you for free at freetalklive.com. And the Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival, better known as Porkfest, is June 18th through the 24th. At Porkfest, you'll be able to talk with New Hampshire natives and those who've made the move, socialize with hundreds of fellow activists and lovers of liberty, and discover new freedoms, new communities, and new beginnings. Register today at Porkfest.com. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. And it is Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. Join us again at freetalklive.com as we go to the phones and to the fun. Let's talk to Sean in Colorado on... No, he's gone. Let's try Jim in Kansas. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Jim. Hey, now. What's on your mind? Uh, we'll call it something to give me a liberty bar, but um, yes. that's actually a, what I'm actually going to talk about. Uh, did you hear about the uh, FBI coming in and raiding a second life with those casinos? I heard there was some sort of uh, an, an investigation. I didn't know if there was... I didn't know it was a raid... Um, but the yes, the federal government is now looking into people gambling in Second Life. Yeah, and it's going a little bit deeper now because uh, uh, I guess now they're going to start including anyone that aids and abets them. So if you're a landowner and you're selling land to to uh, one of these casinos, even if they're offshore, if they're like in Brazil, and you're renting land to them, you're aiding and abetting them, and you're also profiting. So they're considering you part of this whole uh, internet gambling scheme. Uh, you know, even though you're you're just basically selling land, and they're doing whatever they want with it. Why couldn't um, a casino? Why couldn't you sell the land to a casino? You 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 would know what they were going to do with it. Um, well, you can ask them ahead of time. But uh, let's say in my particular case, uh, um, this wasn't even an issue when when I started selling land. So if someone wanted to build a casino, that was fine. Um, sure. So now they're coming in and saying that uh, I'm going to be aiding and abetting them once they actually start, you know, busting people and. Um, I'm not sure if I'm going to be affected by it, but knowing how the uh, the feds work, it's it's a possibility. Yeah, this is pretty disturbing. For those who aren't aware, Second Life is a computer simulation where you can create an avatar of yourself or make it look like whatever you want uh, want it to look like. And you go into this three-dimensional world, and you can fly around, and you can meet with people and chat with them and trade objects and create things and make buildings. And a lot of people spend a, a lot of time in, in Second Life. And there's the uh, the Gimme Liberty bar, which you can visit online at uh, just on their website at gimmeliberty.com. And there's a link there that if you have Second Life, you can just click the link and it'll take you right there. And that's where a lot of our listeners hang out. They actually stream Free Talk Live into the Gimme Liberty Bar. So it's kind of cool. You can actually listen to the show and sort of fraternize with some of the uh, the uh, the other second lifers that are there. But now the federal government is starting to catch on. They're figuring out that there's something happening in that their second life. People are having fun, and we aren't <laughs> regulating it. So not only are they looking into um, prosecuting people for gambling in Second Life, 
They're also interested in collecting taxes from the people that are operating Second Life businesses. So you're talking about the gambling situation, which is a relatively new development. They've been just poking their noses around. They've been investigating. They've been finding the casinos. I don't think anybody's been ordered to shut down. I don't think Linden Labs, the game's creator, has really taken any action on this quite yet. Well, Uh, actually, he has. uh, He's actually cooperating with the FBI. In fact, uh, I guess everyone's pretty mad at him right now because he actually made a call to him and is uh, helping them in their investigation. Hmm. Well, and you know, there's one the, the FBI is scary, so I, you, know, yeah. you can't blame people for that. Yeah, and there's another thing that you forgot, is that uh, there's an in-world currency that you can convert to real dollars. So that's right. how they're getting everyone on it. If it was just, you know, play money, they'd, they'd have no problem with it. Well, but you it know, also, it almost it's... is play money. It's a 200 and yeah. se- Last time I looked, it was 270 to 1. You, you spend one U.S. dollar, you get 270 Linden dollars in return, and uh, so the people that are operating these casinos aren't really rolling in dough like real casino operators are. Um, yes, well, they can just bet. You can just bet more, though. Yeah, you can, but uh, I mean, when you have real, pe- real people, I don't know what they're doing or not. But when you have real people betting real money against each other, even if the conversion rate is two hundred and thirty-seven to one, mm-hmm. then they'll say instead of putting a dollar down on a chip, they'll say I'm putting two hundred and thirty-seven dollars down on a chip because they—that's the real. Um, that, that's the real feeling for them when they're gambling. So. I, I see where you're coming from on that, Mark, but the, the numbers that I saw in the article, and Jim, I don't know if you can verify this, but the numbers I saw said that the top gambling house operators were pulling in $1,500 a month. Hmm. Uh, they, they, have an, uh, they have a chance to pull in more. Uh, if they start um, sh- shutting down a lot of these places, the competition is going to become narrower and narrower. And they're not going to crack down on all of them. They're just going to crack down on the American ones that are profiting. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also a possibility that they could uh, very well go after Linden Labs because they profit from the land that they're they're sitting on and they're aiding and abetting. Well, right. According to the according to my understanding of the law that was passed last year that outlawed Americans from participating in internet gambling. Not only are you pro- uh, prohibited from running a gambling site in America, but you as a, a citizen are also not allowed to gamble. On the Internet. So even if somebody is in Australia or Japan running a gambling site in Second Life, if you're an American citizen gambling in their little gambling zone, you're violating that federal law. And they could charge the players if they wanted to, let alone uh, Linden Labs. Also, they could charge, uh, let's see, the part of the law that, um, as I recall, makes it so credit card companies in America cannot do transactions with the, uh, the Internet gambling people. And so, therefore, there's, there's some sort of financial regulation that has been applied. And so, yes, if Linden Labs is involved in taking people's money so they can go ahead and use that money to gamble in their in-game world, the feds could very well go after them for it. And that's pretty chilling. Yeah, and it really just kind of shows you the, uh, you know, the problem, with that, you know, how bad the FBI is. I mean, it took them, what, five years to finally figure out, wow, there's gambling on Second Life. Well, the, I mean, the, the gambling laws have only been in place for five or six months. Well, actually, they're pointing to the uh, 1970 gambling, uh, Anti-Gambling Act as their, uh, their source, because it, it'll be kind of hard to, to point to a, um, a, a, a port security deal and say, hey, this is why we can't have internet gambling. I see. Are you saying that because they, they're, they're gambling casinos essentially operating without a license, that that might be the, the issue? Yeah, that, that's, that's one of the things. I mean, either that or they're just probably not even aware that that uh, law came through at all. It's very possible. Yeah, I, I wouldn't doubt that. Um, so, hey, let us know what happens with this because okay. it's, it's pretty disturbing. And Did you have any other thoughts for us, Jim? 
Uh, yeah, I also had one more thing about the uh, fair tax. Um, yeah. Uh, the fair tax, it, it does sound, you know, it does sound better. I mean, you know, no income tax and stuff, but, you know, if you try to sell that to someone and say, hey, we're going to get rid of your income tax, and they're going to be like, oh, great, how? You know, well, we're going to increase the uh, sales tax to 30%. It's not a good sale. Uh, that's why it will never work. Yeah, well, plus then there's the reality that uh, it'll never actually make it through Congress in its current form and end up giving us a 30% sales tax and an income tax as well. Yeah. Thank you for the call, Jim. We appreciate it, and good luck in Second Life. Uh, those poor people, they're just trying to have fun. They're just having fun in their little online simulation. And who has to come in and ruin the party? The federal government. No one can have fun in America without permission. Right. You know, j- just as soon as people are gambling and you know, exchanging money back and forth, they just feel like they got to be involved. Well, they're going to need some hyperinflation in Second Life, and that way the ratio will be bigger and it won't be any money. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think that could work. Could, uh, could hyperinflation happen in a... Sure. And in a private economy like that? Yeah, they could they could create they could make it so a million uh what do they call them lindens are one dollar. Yeah, I suppose they could, but it, but there's some sort of mechanism in the game and I don't I'm not, don't really know too much about it. There's some sort of market based mechanism where that ratio isn't arbitrarily set by Linden Labs, but is instead set somehow by traders within the game. People who are actually trading the currency in the game and there's like an in game market for that currency and there's actually out out of game markets for the currency as well. Maybe they need a central bank. <laughs> You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves toll free at 800-259-9231. The packet 8.net toll free line. Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are completely free. Bulletin board system is one of them. You can go to it by going to bbs.freetalklive.com, where you'll find over 200,000 posts, over 1,300 people interacting. Lots of different topics to discuss, serious issues, fun stuff. You'll find it all, all completely free at bbs.freetalklive.com. April is Financial Literacy Month. Give your child and the child in your life financial literacy, be they son, daughter, or sibling. A Kid's Journey to Getting Rich by Jewel Thornton teaches a child the basics of finance, money management, and real estate investment. School doesn't give doesn't teach kids about money. Only their loved ones can do that. Give your special child a Kid's Journey to Getting Rich. Order at akidsjourney.com. That's akidsjourney.com. Or call 1-800-657-5066. 800-657-5066, akidsjourney.com. Lots of calls on the line. Hopefully we'll get a chance to talk about this uh, New Jersey governor story, just because it's uh, amusing and irritating all at the same time. But first, to Audie in Alabama, or Alabama, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hey, how are you guys doing tonight? How are you, Audie? What's on your mind? Uh, just a couple things. I'm about a day behind because I can only get you all through podcasts. Gotcha. Um, the Virginia Tech thing you were talking yesterday about, you know, teachers carrying guns and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I'm, my teachers at my college think it's a great idea. I'm an education major, and thankfully I'm going down to, like, teach pre-K and K through one to, like, three. Right. And hopefully nobody's going to be – I'm going to have a toddler chasing me down with a sawed-off. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, teachers just – they have no protection whatsoever. I've seen teachers be – I've had one suspended – for carrying mace, and she went to an extremely violent school. She was mugged twice in the first, you know, half semester. Oh my! Fortunately, she, yeah. For, fortunately, she's at a better school. So, hmm. but I think you know, if the teachers, you know, if 
they want to go ahead and they can get if they get a concealed handgun permit, no problem. Just you know, the only time you should pull it out is when you're ready to use it. And that's Absolutely. It. And that's about all I wanted to say because my teacher, the teachers in the quad were going nuts about it, and they thought it was a great idea. So you, th- so the teachers in Alabama are at least all for uh, for carrying guns. Then is what you're saying. Well, I think it's about everybody in Alabama, is, but that's a different story. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, it's another it's example. Since you bring it up, it's another example of why it's so important to get schools out of the hands of the government. Not only because it'll help kids get better education, but it'll also help kids be um, safer. Because then each individual school would be able to set its own weapons policy. And so then we'd yeah. have the marketplace competing to decide, well, what's the best policy? And parents would be able to send their kids to the schools that had the policy that made them happy yeah, and I've, i mean i've got two daughters once she turns four next month and i've got a two-year-old and i'm just sitting there going man i'm just i'm i'm honestly i'm afraid to send them to college when that, that time comes up if, if things keep going the way they go where are you but, just out of curiosity where are you calling from in alabama oxford oxford i don't know where that is but that's there's... like it that's it's like bfe i think I the closest it. station that carries y'all is uh four hours south of where i am well, we've got we actually got a station up in Florence, but there's this huge FM talk station in Alabama that covers a, a tremendous amount of area. I don't know if you're in their their zone, um, but I'm hoping we're going to be able to get on that station one of these days. It's like a hundred thousand oh, watts, and it is sort Ooh. of broadcasting out in the middle of nowhere. But the signal's so big, I think it hits Huntsville and it hits another major market uh, in Alabama. And so, anyway, if you got a station that uh, is a local talk station, give them a call and let them know we're doing well in Florence, and you know they might pick us up. Thanks for the call, Audie. We appreciate Appreciate it. 800-259-9231. Uh, just, you know, we might as well brag a little bit. We got an 18.2 uh, two. Two. share in males 25 to 54 in fall 2006 uh, from our wonderful affiliate uh, up in Florence. What that means is um, WVNA. when we're on the radio, 18.2% of the males that are 25 to 54 are listening to our show. That's correct. And the only... Which radio, makes us the, the only, number one talk show in right, that. Right, the number one talk show and uh, the only radio station in uh, uh, Florence that had more had a higher uh, share was the country station. So it, it's not it's Free not talk easy. live works. Yeah, it's not easy for uh, talkers to beat uh, music stations, and we beat them all but the country station. Yeah, so. if in radio you're lucky, you're doing well if you got a four share. You're yeah. doing all right. You can sell that. You can sell a four or five share. You're really you're doing really well. And 18, that's pretty awesome. All right, let's go to Brent in Missouri. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian Wayne and Mark. Hey, Brent. Hello. What's on your mind? Well, I want to talk about intellectual property. Sure. Again. Um, I mean, I just, uh, once again, I, I don't believe in intellectual property, and I, I think that Mark... Um, well, I mean, I guess this is mostly directed, Mark. I mean, I feel like he or you um, believe in it not really because you believe in it as an actual concept as much as you think that there wouldn't be any innovation without it. And, I mean, there's not really – you don't have a right to a certain level of innovation. You don't have a right to a certain number of drugs to be produced every year. No, uh, there's there's certainly not a right involved in that. Well, Mark's not a fan of, of uh, patents, as I understand it. No. You're, you're pretty much anti-patent. Uh, but aren't you? Aren't uh, the drugs are um, cop- are based on copyright? No, no. patents. Patented. Patents? Yeah, ah. They're patented. Well, no, I'm not. A, I'm not a, of, um, f- a fan of patent law at all. I think that that's uh, it's a little screwy. The that's way that's why the drug companies up. are usually lobbying for longer terms on that's their right. on their patents. That's right. A, a, about a month ago, I was in a hotel somewhere and I was watching C-SPAN, I believe, and there was a 
dog and pony show before the Senate where this drug company executive was holding up a pen saying, this pen has more patent protection than our drugs have, and that's wrong. And, and they were trying to get the, the senators to say, okay, yeah, we'll give you a 20-year protection. And that's the worst thing that can happen because there's more incentive to suppress alternatives and to basically milk that, that product longer. Right. They don't have to actually create anything um, new. They don't have to have any uh, real radical new ideas in that 20-year term. They can just sell that same product. And I, yeah. I think that it's criminal to take somebody's idea from a, a copyright standpoint, to take somebody's idea out there and then peddle it as your own or right. um, not give them any credit or anything like that. It's, that you know, that's what well, bothers me about it. I mean, it's somewhat dishonest, but I don't really think you can call it criminal. There's no rights being infringed. It's not a, I mean, you don't, I mean, um, who owns me? Uh, I think do. you do. Okay, I own me. What makes up me? Um, your all ideas. your parts and the yeah. fruits of um, your labor? You know, my, my body, um, my skills, um, the things I know. Right. These are, you know, some of the main components. And I'm sorry, but some of the things I know are songs that I hear on the radio. And frankly, I'm a pretty good musician, so I can play those songs on the guitar or the bass or the piano or whatever. And so um, how can you tell me that I'm not allowed to use myself I mean, these are parts of me. These skills, this knowledge, these are both things that are a part of what make up me. How can you tell me that I can't use that for whatever, even if it's to make money or sell it or whatever else? Uh, you know, I, mean, I understand that. It's kind that... of dishonest, but it's not, it's not criminal. It's not violating somebody's rights. Well, if you go to play the song in a club as a cover song, no one's going to come after you for royalties. But if you put out a CD uh, of that song, well, somebody may come after you then if you're selling the CD. Well, some yeah. bars, bars have well, to pay that, BMI I mean, I, and ASCAP. No, that, that doesn't... It doesn't um, discount the fact that, I mean, if I can do that, and I, I have the abilities and skills to do that, then, I mean, I don't see how that's infringing upon anybody else's rights to do so. I mean, it's not, it's, if, if I learn a song, then that song is a part of me. It's a part of my knowledge. It's a part of my skills. Um, you didn't um, uniquely create that, uh, that particular part of you. Say what? You didn't uniquely create that. That doesn't matter. Um, it's, I, I still own it because it's a part of me. I mean, you don't uniquely create any part of you. You don't. I mean, you didn't uniquely teach yourself how to speak English, and yet you use it every night to make money. I well, I, mean, I, unique, I uniquely, uniquely create, create the content, but I do uniquely create the content that I um, provide on this show. So that's not necessarily true. We read we read articles from uh, all over the internet. Well, well but and, I combine the articles really, uniquely. I, mean, I think very very few things that you do are really really uniquely created. Understood. I uniquely edit words out of this article. <laughs> <laughs> but. I mean, but I mean, you know, so I mean, you see what I'm saying? I mean, it's just that's my main problem with intellectual property is intellectual property as a concept involves uh, me not being able to use some parts of myself in whatever way I see fit. Right. And at the point, at the point of a gun. That's a major violation of my rights. Right. I agree. major violation yeah, of myself. It, it does involve monopolization. I think it's gone a little too far, especially with, with copyrights. I think patents are way over the top. Uh, I think that if you invent something... Uh, or, or let's say you invent something, and somebody buys the patent from you. If they just bury it, that's that's wrong. And there are patent, there are companies legal, run by lawyers that do that sort of thing. They gather up patents and they sit on them, and then no one yep. can do anything with those ideas. And it's innovation tragic. is stifled. Yep, exactly. Right. I, I also think that um, anybody that's unable to make money off of their supposed intellectual property without. Um, having exclusive right to it, that's not being creative enough. Um, Great I mean, point, Brent. Thank you for the call. More on the way. Your calls about whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free.
Free Talk Live. Only moments remain. Maybe enough time for your call. 800-259-9231. The packet 8.net toll free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wade. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com where all the features are completely free. We would like you to go and dig Free Talk Live by going to dig.freetalklive.com. It won't take you very long, and it does make a big difference for us because the dig.com is a, a very popular uh, website. It's one of the top hundred sites on the internet. So a lot of people are looking at it. And recently they've launched a podcast section on dig.com where they rank podcasts based on how many digs that they have. Now you can give us a dig by going and going to dig.freetalklive.com and clicking the dig it button by the name of our show. Uh, you will have to have a free account. Again, your privacy will be protected and all that, so it'll just take you a few moments to uh, to go through the process. We've, we're over 400-something digs at this point, and that's pretty good because a couple weeks ago we had around 300, and uh, these aren't as easy to get as votes are, like at vote.freetalklive.com, because you do have to go through that brief process. But the the more digs we get, the more attention we're going to get from the diggers and the people visiting their website and that would be a really good thing for us. So please help us out with that. Go to dig.freetalklive.com. Continuing the phone calls, let's talk to Bill in Oklahoma. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian Wayne and Mark. Hey, Bill. Hi, guys. Thank you for taking my call. Thanks for being here. What's uh, on your mind? Well, uh, this is uh, going back to a caller who uh, had an, um, a legitimate concern. Um, Wade wasn't on the show when this happened. It was the, uh, the uh, disabled veteran uh, worried about how uh, people were going to help uh, disabled veterans in a free market. Um, I have a, a similar concern. Uh, I was in the private sector working for a number of years, and I, I too became not just 10% disabled, but I became 110% disabled, Whoa. which means that I can't contribute. You know, and uh, I've, uh, I'm, I'm drawing money from the mint, which I'm going to say right now that doesn't make me a leech because I felt that I paid into the into the system. Mm-hmm. My question is: is how is the free market going to help someone like myself who's dependent on like disability payments to uh, to make ends meet uh, when I don't have something to validate uh, my con- contributions in the past? Right. Do you have um, Do you have a family? Uh, no, I actually I'm fortunate. Uh, that I, I kind of hate women on a relationship level, so what? I try to avoid all that. All I don't. Myself. I don't mean. Do you have uh, children? Women. I'm sorry. Oh, um, do you have parents, uh, aunts, uncles, oh, no, brothers, uh, sisters? Uh, well, my uh, father uh, deceased uh, a few years ago. My mom passed away when I was about five. So mm. no, I'm I'm like supporting myself basically. And you're 110 percent disabled. You are like a paraplegic, or uh, what, what happened? No, I was born with spina bifida. Uh, uh, I've just had so many surgeries, so many corrective procedures, so many that I go off their scale as far as. How do you take care rate. of yourself? Pardon? How do you take care of yourself? Um, I have. To, I'm on some of the government programs, Medicare, Medicaid. No, no, I don't mean monetary. Like showering. Oh no! Buying oh, food. I, I'm, I'm, I can walk. I'm ambulatory. I okay. just there's certain things I can't do. Standing for long periods of time, for instance. Uh, sitting long periods of time that causes detrimental problems to my health, okay. uh, things of that nature. I mean, I can do certain things. Do you work? But it's, pardon? Do you work? Uh, I try to do. Well, here's the, here's the catch twenty two in that. Yeah, I, there's 
certain things I could do within a certain amount of time, but if I bring in too much income, the government's going to say, okay, for every $2 you've made, guess what? You're going to give us a back a dollar. Because well, you're obviously you wouldn't, you wouldn't have that kind of limitation under a libertarian system. Um, you know, you'd be able to earn as much as you wanted to and, and live, you know, whatever um, sort of lifestyle you could off that. Have you heard of uh, programs like, I don't know, Lighthouse for the Blind and uh, programs that, that allow uh, people with disabilities, usually similar disabilities in the same place, to uh, do certain jobs and they uh, then they get lucrative contracts with uh, bigger companies that want to get uh, credit for uh, giving that kind of work to uh, that sort of place. I've not heard. I've heard of like maybe some like Goodwill, for instance. Um, uh, Goodwill is uh, a good, an, an excellent example, probably the most successful example ever. Mm. Yeah. yeah uh, those, 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 oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say your point is Mark that in the in the marketplace. People that, that need help, people that are disabled, will have opportunities, as, as many of them do today. There will just be more of them because people will have more disposable income to use to create organizations like this. In fact, before we had all these government redistributionist programs, we had things like mutual aid societies. The Shriners would be a good example mm-hmm. of, of one of those that still exists. Churches. But there were more than that. And so people that actually people that care got together to do sorts of things. So you're actually not completely disabled. You could uh, you could work should you wanted to. It it may not necessarily mean going from one point to another. You could work from your home, answering phones for uh, you know hotel reservations or you know doing phone sex or something like that. Uh, Seriously, there are plenty of things that you can do even though you you can't move. And so there would be jobs out there for people in in your condition. And hopefully when the government goes away. Uh, if we can actually get to that point, we can give people that are currently receiving uh, aid a little bit of like a one, you know, like a one-time uh, payout. Like here, take this, and that'll that'll keep you afloat for a little while you as know, this government disappears. Uh, one thing I always thought um, that recently, with uh, with with technology in place, is that people that um, are pretty much wheelchair bound or bedridden mm-hmm. are really great um, phone operators, and they would be even like. From the telemarketing aspect, and I don't mean calling people at home saying, hey, would you like, you just want a new trip to Las Vegas. I mean telemarketing like I do. I mean, I essentially do telemarketing by doing radio sales. I call businesses, though, and it's a heck of a lot easier. Nobody hangs up on you because, you know, they're in business and they want... Um, the help that you offer, and you know, there's there's so much money. Radio salespeople, if you're any good, you make a hundred grand a year. There you go. So uh, it, the, uh, the market would offer you opportunities, and uh, that, and you just have to count on the fact that people care. I mean, that's it's a fact that people do care. I'm sure you've met some of those caring people in your lifetime. Yes, sir, I have. Very and, good. And if the government programs were gone all of a sudden, all this people would spring up and, and form these societies again. There's no incentive for people to do it now because everyone thinks the government's supposed to well, do handle it. it. Right. Yes. Bill, thanks for the call. We appreciate it. We've got to move to Michael in Michigan. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian Wayne and Mark. Hey, Michael. Hey, Ian. Nice to talk to you again. Haven't talked to you since I lived in New York. Ah, well, what's on your mind? Um, I've been seeing basically the government turned to crap over the past couple of years mm. and i've given up on government wow okay congratulations and i actually have started swaying your way um trying to think of ways for the free market to take over government institutions and i just wanted to hear you talk more on it and maybe get some sound ideas um just to fill you in on some of my background i'm a programmer mm-hmm. and i'm a freelancer so i work worldwide and I'm working on making a barter system that people can use online, and I'm open sourcing it. And I just want different ideas on how to network and 
just a basic discussion on how they get the free market to start taking over here. Well, you know, that you're talking about, I mean, it's a huge process that, that you're oh, looking yeah, at undertaking here. Is, is, I think the first and most important part is education. I mean, it's, it's getting mm-hmm. the word out about freedom and liberty and, and finally giving, giving people something to believe in again, something to, uh, to hope for, um, instead of this sort of dismal welfare state mentality that this country and police state uh, that the country oh, is, is sliding towards. I mean, you yourself, you, you followed a certain path at, at some point. And there's a thread on our BBS right now about how did you discover liberty? And people are talking about, you know, what their path was, where they picked it up, uh, where, they, where it got modified, um, and, and where they are today. And so you're, you're on that path right now. And I would say, you know, one of the most powerful things that you can do beyond spreading the message to, to friends and family and, and calling local sta- stations and asking them to air free, free Talk Live is to join the Free State Project and, and move to New Hampshire. I am. That's awesome. When yeah, are you when are you coming here? I joined them um, as soon as I can sustain uh, enough freelance contracts to keep me going. Well, you know that's the cool thing about someone in your profession is, as you say, you can go anywhere as long as there's an internet connection. You can do your programming job, and yep. um, so you can very easily move to New Hampshire. And I mean, if you need to pick up a, a menial job in the meantime to to help pay the bills, that's what some people are doing when they get here. And and soon there's going to be a critical mass. There's going to be amount of people that have come here to where there's so much going on. There's so much activity both in the political arena and the civil disobedience arena and the media arena as well that it's going to be undeniable. The message of freedom is going to catch on. It's going to be popular. People, it's, going to be, it's going to become cool to believe in freedom again. And once it becomes cool, then all the bandwagon sheep people will jump on our bandwagon, and it'll just be a matter of time before the government is, uh, is completely ruined. It's amazing point. how many young yeah. people in high school and college age are jumping on the bandwagon now. Yeah, it really is exciting. Well, I- I know exactly what you guys are talking about. Well, thank you, and um, uh, we're short on time, but you're welcome to call back another time, Michael, and thank you for the call. Hope to see you in New Hampshire soon. we got to get real quick to Landon in Utah. Uh, you got about uh, maybe 20, 30 seconds, Landon. All right. <clears throat> Thanks, Ian, I guess. Yes, sir. Um, I wanted to talk about uh, the, you know, mostly the drinking age. Okay. Recently, last Friday the 13th, I was arrested. Mm. For driving and talking to them, well, they gave me a, it's called a not a drop violation. Pretty much says if you're under 21, you can't have any alcohol percentage. Got it. Right? So you might have been under the legal limit, but since you were under 21, you went to jail. And it's tragic, and I wish we had more time. If you want to tell us the story in more detail, you're certainly welcome to call us back. It's been Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And, uh, of course, I think the drinking age should be abolished entirely. We'll see you tomorrow night online. In the meantime, at freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.